Hi, I'm Chris Claremont. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics and hopefully reading one of mine. Oh, that was strong. That's good. Yeah, you like it? It must be... Well, the- I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's well, the book of the month is... Oh, this is going to be a great book of the month. This is 80% awesome. It is. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> I was planning on how I'm going to introduce it, and I was like, hmm, let's see. Do I need to credit all the poop that's in the back of this book? No. Let's just say Chris Claremont and uh, Mr. Bill Sienkiewicz. And a uh, little, little bit of Glynis Ween. Glenn Ween's wife. I assumed as much. Yeah. I believe, and one of the, um, wasn't uh, Louise Jones an editor at some point? Wheezy. I look at the Wheezy. Yeah, Louise Jones and Innocenti were editors on uh, New Mutants. Yep. There you go. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. Today, whether I knew it or not, it was Box Day. Not to be confused with Boxing Day. No. I got my DCBS box today, chock full of goodness. I received a gift from someone, and I got an eBay order. All waiting for me when I came home. Wow, that's yep. the hardness. And I all- you- what? No, no, no. no. Yes, Please. First, Please. Thank you. First time we've ever done this. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I received when I walked in. There were two ginormous boxes waiting for me. One from Amazon. One from DCB Service. I opened up the Amazon one, knowing immediately what it is. It's the Domino. Marvel Premier Collection statue that I ordered last week from Amazon. <laughs> so then I open up the DCBS box, and it's I'm ginormous because there's also a Domino Premier Collection statue in there. Oh, no. Which I, which I had pre-ordered, I guess, three months ago. <laughs> oh, no. Amazing. <laughs> well, that's uh, bookends then. No, no. I'm no. returning the uh, one to Amazon. Oh. You'd be the only He's, man no, in the world with bookend, Domino bookends. I'm sure there are someone out there that does. I they, sure they must have had does. they must have had extra. Um, there must have been a few people who ordered the the Domino resin bust because my box was a lot bigger than uh, it was a lie. The, the box was very light, but it was very large, and it did not match the contents at all. And um, the patrons got got to see the video of what was in that box, but there wasn't. What you did a box a already? Lot. You did a video. I did a reveal. I did a reveal video. Yeah. Thank you for um, the, using the word reveal and not that other word. Yes. Which is so uh, pretentious. That's, that's what's in the title. That's DCBS reveal. Um, but and thank you for you know starting that off. So, um, but now that I, I do have, what I can, it, it was weird. Monday I received a um, a a envelope which. Um, is is the thank you for a little bit. Uh, and Tuesday was the DCBS box, which I finally opened l- l- yesterday. And <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you you let your DCBS... I received it Tuesday. Yes, you yes. opened it on Wednesday? Because, not because it's the comic book day, but because I wanted to be... I, I, I didn't want to... I, I wanted to be in the moment when, when, I, when I opened it for the video. 
I want to do the actual reaction because I didn't know what was in it. I didn't, I didn't check the packing list before it was shipped. There's was no really cool way in, in hell I'd be able to wait a day. I, I had to. I had to. And, and I can. It's very easy for me to because by the time I would have um, done a video, to, it wasn't going to happen Tuesday. It okay. just wasn't. That's so, fair. Uh, but you could have opened it and put it all back in and just pretended. I could have. I yeah. absolutely could have. And it, it, just, it just wouldn't have been genuine, the the. the but, the reaction, but, but the, the viewers would not. Oh, yes, it would have. The, the viewers would not have known. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Oh, so many rules. I love. And yesterday was <laughs> I, was I, I? I know. I, and yesterday I I walked to the comic shop and 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 I picked up previews and I started thumbing through it. And thank you, Vince, for um, letting me know before I even picked it up that uh, Freak Angels yes. is part of the. Uh, avatar i'm gonna have at least 10 of those collected editions on my order at least because if i can get all that crossed from my bookshelf and not have them buried away in boxes and i can nice yes and uh there's the hypothetical lizard i'm gonna get those two caligula volumes that jason talked about so uh yeah the avatar will be flowing and after discount what is it 279 if they give us 30 percent off isn't it thirty five percent or no? Oh well, whatever it is. Yeah. So if it's in, if it's two dollars and and change, I'm going to order like twenty. I was looking through it. I mean, it, it's it's already. I don't know if it's going to be a pricey month. I think I'm going to buy a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic for the first time in ages. Tell me that City at War cover is not magnificent. It's it's a gorgeous cover, and yeah. it's doing the interiors, and it's the start of a of of of, a, of an event. So yeah, right. And we are of course talking about Dave Wachter, who is helming the City at War arc, which leads directly into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 100. But if you are going to tug at my heartstrings and pull that city at war title and run with it. Cause that was a great, great run when Eastman and Laird were still doing it. So I don't know. I need it. And we need you because this is 11 o'clock comics episode 587, which is our book of the month club book featured selection. And, uh, I am the long winded and mumbly Vince B. Ooh, you are, and that's the way we love you. And I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. Some people know me as Arnis. Many others know me as Augustus Freeman IV. But most of you know me as Icon. Wow. Seriously. Dennis Cowan. No. you. No, no that's no. hardware. Yeah. yeah. Who did Icon? Nothing, Mark Bright. Mark Bright. Mark Bright drew it. Yeah. Yes, yes. You are not Augustus. You are Jason Wood, everybody. Gathered. Gathered here tonight for what I said was our Book of the Month Club featuring Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz's masterful Demon Bear Saga, which is, o- is only three issues, but the ass end of the trade is full of other stuff <laughs> that we yeah. probably won't talk very much about. Not very much, but no. yeah, it's it was it's it's from a time when you know it was just a little three issue story, and and it was. Massively done, but yeah, we will we will definitely be getting into it, um, and I can't wait. But I think we have a couple other things to mention first. We do. We have some shout outs, do we not? We do. Let's get them. What you got? Well, I don't normally lead the shout outs. 
Really? Yes, it's either you or Jason. But well, right, if you enough. want me to do uh, it, I, I will do it. So, so our first shout-out then goes to Mr. Bryce Bridges, who has joined the, uh, the shout-out tier on Patreon. So thank you so much, Bryce. We also have, because uh, I'm just waiting for this to load for some idiotic reason, uh, there was an amazing patron by the name of Brian Clark, who Ooh. comes in guns blazing. He's already uh, lighting up the Slack channel, so thank you tons for uh, for joining in the fun yes. on that. Um, uh, on, a, on a hella big boy level. Yes. Yes. We appreciate yes. that very much. And um, we have a couple shout-outs for no other... Yeah, some specials. Some yeah, specials. some special shout-outs for, for reasons of love. And um, leading that list is um, someone who is omnipresent on our Facebook feeds. Um, yes. They're always there. I, I love seeing their face and hearing and reading their comments. And... Um, they uh, revealed something on Facebook, and I've been silent about it because it um, it got to me, and I didn't say anything. And I should have reached out to this person personally, and I didn't. So I would just like to – we would just like to shout out um, Sarah Harris for um, current – and past developments, we love you, and um, all those great thoughts and positive vibes and much love are going out your way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also want to um, just give a quick little hey to Mr. Larry Bishop, who um, was, um, I guess, kind of dealt the shit hand, so just want to um, yep. let him know, thinking about him, and uh, just keep your head up brother we will hopefully see you soon yes and and last but certainly not least in a similar vein a keep your head up shout out to another longtime eoc family member tyler verissimo um kind of the same boat as larry had some circumstances not go his way hopefully it's a, a temporary thing and and all is well beyond that but uh you know um the 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 like t- t- it's, I was trying to think about how to frame the 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 shadows to Sarah, Larry, and Tyler in the sense that, um, it, I, I don't know how you guys are feeling this past week or two, but it's it's been at least for me this this week in in particular has been a week where I've been reminded of uh how how the real world is going on. You know, like the it, you know sometimes you just have those moments where Beyond you're kind of problem. yeah you're slapped back into the reality of, of yeah. Like shit's going on, and and um, and outside of the show, uh, you know, we 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 lost uh, we lost a, a friend this week um, unexpectedly. Uh, he went to the hospital with pneumonia and, and never came out, uh, which is just shocking. And um, but but point being, you know, this week just seemed like one of those weeks where we had friends that you know lost their jobs, friends that are ill, a friend that passed. Um, just you know, just reminding you that life is life is like life is real. It happens. It's uh, <laughs> there's no script to it. It 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 doesn't always go the way we want it to go. And and I guess I guess I'm bringing it up because it, it I was thinking about it in the context of the show. And just two things struck me. One, I will never understand and never be able to convey 
how flattering it is to have people that care enough about our show and us in particular, like financially contribute to the show so much that they feel the need to reach out and apologize because circumstances have forced them to not be able to support the show in the same way. Like I, I, you know, I can tell you that if I were in the same position, I certainly don't think it would be anywhere near the top of mind to reach out to, you know, a podcast or other entertainers that I like to, you know, explain that situation. Right. Like I would just kind of be like, got to do me, got to protect my, me and my family first. So the fact that they even like thought to tell us or like give us a heads up is just, I don't know. It's just, it's flat flattering beyond words. I, I it's, it's humbling. And, and like, cause, cause it's not something I think I would have done if I were in their shoes. Um, but then the other part of it, I think the bigger part, and it's kind of super well timed because, you know, Vince, you and I have been having a little conversation on Facebook with some people um, because we were tagged in a conversation outside of our group. Um, the, the other thing is, you know, when you, when you lose people or, or, you know, people that are ill and whatnot, it just reminds you, man, like, like, and Vince, you could speak to this more than us. Like life is too short. Like yep. just, I, we all are going to have those moments where we're down. We're going to have moments where we're angry God's know, you know, Dap and I in particular have gotten hella angry uh, online about the political situation and probably, you know, lost our minds a time or two, three, four, who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is important to remember that, like, y- you only, uh, well, and I don't mean this, like, you only get one go of it for sure. Some of you may think we get more than one go of it, but but we get this go of it, right? And so to whatever extent you can, man, like, try to not have bitterness in your heart just just doesn't i'm not saying you're not gonna have, be sad or you're not gonna have reasons to be frustrated that's just life but try not to have bitterness in your heart because it just it doesn't all it does is consume you it yeah. really all it does is consume you and i'd like to think that that for me th- this show is and always will be a major um uh source of calm and tranquility for me um you know, most of the time things are going well, but there have been times when things have been not going well or, or there have been stresses. And this show is always a haven for me right. uh, to talk to you guys. And I hope that it, it serves that purpose, at least in some way, to the thousands of people that, that grace our, you know, our, our show into their eardrums every week. So if, you know, if, if we give you that, then, then I feel like we're doing our job. Right, right. And just to speak about uh, the desire of, of patrons to reach out and explain their situation, uh, should it change, I just think it's because we're friends with these people. I mean, it's not just, in most cases, it's not just faceless, nameless people who just like subscribe to whatever tier they do and then they do what they do and then they go away. We become friends with these people. And and if sure. we if if not before then certainly after they become patrons and it's just I think the camaraderie and the the uh, well two out of three of us are good natured um, you know just that that feeling of of love that that we send out there I think that's the reason why they chose to do it I'm just no, for I'm sure. just guessing for sure. yeah. no uh, you're you're absolutely right but, but and it's, 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 still- it, it's you know we we. Yeah, for for a while it 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 is, or at least initially, uh, whether it's a new listener or even when we were just starting to do the show, it, it was it was somewhat faceless friends. I mean, they they people hear us 
so so they they get a sense that you know they they know us based on the things we spew out there but um you know and then and then you're a little hesitant at first because people are asking for your address because they want to you know pay it forward and 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 that's neat but then when you actually go to a convention and and everybody gets to actually face to face meet each other it's oh, that's that's it's, the bomb, it's, just, yo. it's indescribable yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, and and after that even after that and then you have little inside private jokes with you know the the, the, the little groups that you know within that and and um friends are just you know we don't just even though i mean we don't the three of us don't get together as often as as i think we'd like to but we also um it, 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 for the few cons we do go to each year when we do get to see some people um we we spend you know 48 maybe maybe hours with them and then and then that's it for another year but we get to still uh whether it's it's through social media whether it's through text whether it's through email um or even phone calls it's just uh, there's so we this is yes it's cool that in back when we were reading comic books and you had letters pages or you had, you know, you could have pen pals through, through CBG or things like that. Uh, how, how thanks to the technology in the modern age and, and how that's, that that's just grown. But, and, and this is just, I mean, the, a podcast, but the podcast can, or just, I guess, another cog in, in, in a social interaction wheel, but it's, it's been an absolute, I, we mentioned it every so often, but this is definitely, well beyond my wildest dreams of anything sure. that uh, would yeah. happen. But I think you triggered something while you were speaking. Um, podcasts are the new fandom. And by new, I mean, you know, new in quotes. They've well, been, <laughs> they've been around a while, but it's mm-hmm. just the, the latest iteration of the fandom engine that sprung up in letter columns and, and grassroots fanzines. And then it was pro zines. And then it was, you know, CBG and, and, uh, comics journal and now it's just because technology has advanced to the point to the point where it is possible to transmit one's voice in an audio file over the internets this is just another permutation of fandom and we're a part of it most definitely yes and i'm glad mr price that you mentioned the con experience because come c2e2 i am going to for Many reasons, not the least of which is the latest. Um, I'm going to give Mr. Caleb Alexander McKenzie a big old come over here, you big lug bear hug when I see him. Because no pun intended. He sent to me out of the blue because I have never read it and he feels that it is a crime that I have not done so. He sent me Scalped Deluxe Edition Volume 1. Wow. Yes. I wouldn't send that to you. Well, you're a bastard, and Caleb is not. Mm, So um, I'm going to read the shit out of it, and maybe for next episode. So thank you, That's awesome. Yeah, Caleb, he doesn't have to do that. I mean, you know, but I I said, ooh, what this? And I I saw the name on it. I'm like, what the hell did he do? Popped it open. There you go. Scalped volume one. And I love the fact that they printed it on the toothy paper. It's not glossy. It's it's the the that as well it shouldn't be right and I'm just going to jump right in. So oh, thank I mean, you. if you go ahead and you read it on your own, then then it won't it, it 
it'll be a long while before it's. I, I can't wait for Vince to come on and tell us all about house, all about scalped page by page. Yes. So you know, sometimes I'm a little late to the party. A little bit. And not not manga. It was late, like my yeah, favorite it's... series on our eleven o'clock for I think three years straight. But that's, that's true. Cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's, that's uh, the, anyway, the reason uh, why I think he wants to rename the writing to uh, the Jason Aaron Award. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, what are you drinking, Vince? Well, because this uh, Demon Bear Saga is, uh, in my estimation, a book for very discerning tastes. Okay. It is, um, I think the three issues are masterfully done. They they require a more in-depth, a deeper reading experience than, you know, mere surface level. So I wanted to commemorate this occasion with something different. So what I, what I did was I, I made a point of stopping off at the shop on the way home. And if David um, didn't love me more than anyone walking the face of the earth already, after I tell you what I am drinking, he's gonna, I'm going to be number one on his list. Because I am sipping on some Maker's Mark Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And I, Holy shit. And, wow. And I am... What? I'm drinking this bitch neat. Holy shit. Yep. Who are you? I'm the man who loves you, my friend. You really are. Holy shit. Yep. Wow. I'm, I'm getting the vapors. You're this vet. is, I, I, we just, I don't think this, the book can't top this. That's just, wow. Yeah, I wanted to, and I, and I researched it before. Uh, I work with a, a man who's well-versed in the bourbons and the whiskeys, and I know you've talked about it many times. But I said, hey, I want to do a brother a solid, make him giggle a little bit. I said, I wanted to pick up some, some whiskey or some bourbon. Um, what should I get? He said, go straight for the maker's mark. He said, you may not like it, and it may be a little more than you want to spend, but it will give you an accurate representation of what this whole bourbon thing's about. So, and he, he went into it in more detail, but so that's what I did. I made a beeline right for the maker's mark. And there were other whisk bourbons there sure. that I could have spent yeah. less on. Yes. But absolutely. I, I grabbed this and I am currently enjoying it very much. That makes, I, I have no words. My, my heart is, is, is swelling. It's, and it's, I mean, it, you're drinking it at the right time because it's, it's right. warming you up inside a little bit. Yes. Because exactly. it's hella cold out. Um, that is, that's absolutely awesome. Um, wow. I, I can't, I, mm-hmm. the, I just tell us you're drinking seltzer or something, Jason, because I don't think either of us have anything that can top that. Don't be silly. Yeah. Well, just as, as I mentioned earlier today, I am uh, on the medicines. So, yes. uh, I am in fact drinking seltzer, not because I'm trying to be a wet blanket, but just because <laughs> my doctor said, uh, don't mix the alcohols with the medicines. No. Thank you for listening. I mean, it is the last day of a 10-day treatment, though, so. Okay. All right. Um, I have my my thank you, which I will say after um, the the drink. This is a wine. I saw the, um, I don't even know where the hell we were. Oh, we were, we, we were around the corner. There was, um, my wife needed um, some wine, so I couldn't leave with just something for her. So I picked this. This up, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It is the Distinct Wines of David Murf- Murfeld, and it is called 
Murph, M-E-R-F. Uh, it's Cabernet Sauvignon. It is, um, according to this, pairs nicely with barbecue ribs, grilled steak, or chocolate cake. But it is not a, um, you know, for, for, for the price, it is not a bad wine at all. Although now now I wish that um, I, I went downstairs and grabbed some tin cup or something so I could join Vince. Oh, should, I was looking I at the tin cup that. too. Yeah. Tin Cup is, I, I like Tin Cup a lot. Uh, Jessica's drums drank it a lot in the second season, but it, that's really good. I don't have any makers in the house right now, um, but I, I, I think I have a little bit of Buffalo Trace. And I should have, normally I try to, I try to pair the, the book with, with something that I, I should have, I should have grabbed the bourbon. It makes absolute sense to, to drink it considering the, the subject matter. But I do want to thank, a Mr. Matthew Downs, who drew an awesome uh, starship, um, a a a. Uh, it it's <laughs> the, the, there's a drawing. There's a character of Stanley. It says Stan's favorite class of starship, and it's the Excelsior. But inside this envelope was one. Two, three. It was nine comic books. There is the origin of the Defiant Universe. What? Warriors of Plasm one through eight. <laughs> and Warriors of Plasm Home for the Holidays. Oh, I had That's a good one, dude. Yeah. I, I had if not I had most of these because I don't know if I had the war dance. I don't know if I had number seven, but I, at, at some point I, I, um, yeah. So I will be rereading some defiant real soon. Some, some warriors of plasma. So thank you so very much for that, Matthew. Far too kind. Well, Jay Tomio has bookmarked that part of the episode <laughs> and it will go. It, yes. It will go into the, uh, the Jay Tomio guide to 11 o'clock comics. It's indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. So without further ado, Dap, what were the listeners' choices for Book of the Month this month? How did I know you were going to do that? Um, the the choices actually, and I think for 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 a little bit, it was it was kind of it was it was a little closeish. Um, although the item that was close to being in second place was one that um, Vince did not. Uh, I, I, I think was in any sort. Sort of rush to read, but um, the uh, the January book of the month nominees were BB Wolf and the three LPs with one percent of the votes. Brat Pack, unfortunately, with only eight percent of the oh, votes. Come on, people. Yeah, uh, uh, Dead Man book five with again only three percent of the votes. Do they not realize that's 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 Jose Luis Garcia Lopez art? I mean. Yeah. Say what you will about Dead Man. Still, it, it's it's a beautiful looking story. Uh, the Demon from the Darkness uh, was in third place with fifteen percent of the votes. The Homeland Directive had six percent. Incognito had seventeen percent of the votes, so it was very close to being our book of the month. It's a bird. Dot dot dot. With three percent of the votes, Love Song got a whopping Z. New Mutants Demon Bear was, of course, your winner with 35% of the votes and uh, trailing quite far 
were The Sound of the World by Heart with 1% and Spider-Man with 10% of your votes. So Spider-Man, nice. <laughs> that said... I knew it. <laughs> we, uh, we will be discussing now New Mutants, Demon Bear, and it's not the Demon Bear Saga, which I believe was the original yes. collection, the original trade paperback of just 18, 19, and 20 of Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz's New Mutants. Um, this is New Mutants Demon Bear, which unfortunately includes um, excerpts and um, additional content from um, X-Force. Um, actually, what was it? it? It was like two different volumes of X-Force. There was the one for, that there was the dark the dark-toned um, Yost and um, Kyle and Kyle New Mutants, where uh, or X Force, which was uh, Wolverine's um, killing spree group, and you um, and then you had uh, the earlier X Force from the nineteen ninety one series uh, X Force number ninety nine, and that of course was written by John Francis Moore, and uh, and had some early you see, you can see him he's in there but some uh some real early jim chung pencils yes and we'll go off on a tangent later and i'm going to yes. focus on that jim chung issue okay but um i'm very thankful that they included a couple of pages from new mutants number 3 in this book yep. because there's one thing that comes out of Danielle Moonstar's mouth that I feel is crucial to the entire story. And speak on it. Well, she's talking to Rain Sinclair and she says, you know what? I'm I, I had friends and I had loved ones and I had people that mattered to me, but as soon as my powers kicked in, for some reason I drove them all away. I became a, an outcast and I was I was shunned, and so here I am at Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. And I think I don't want to shoot the entire wad initially, but that is that statement, in my opinion, is the heart of what drives the demon bear to seek out Danielle Moonstar and remove her from existence um we can get into it later but i'm of course looking into um native american mythology concerning the bear and what what the the animal symbolizes within their culture and when when you you dive into that well yeah the bear um is a symbol of strength and but it's also the the bear was said to um, almost a policing agent among the tribes where if if there was an impropriety or an injustice or something that was just not damn right, the the bear would remove it. It would seek it out and remove it. And I think that is at the heart of what Claremont's doing here. But we can get into it more. I mean, I don't want to. It's too early to talk about that now because this these three issues work extremely well surface level 
Um, it's a story of one girl's fight against uh, an attacker, and it, the, her friends are drawn into her, her her troubles. And but if you choose to dive deeper, it, there's more on which to chew. And I think that's why these three issues are so beloved among fans of not only you know the mutant universe, but just comics in general. If you were reading comics at this time, and these issues came across your table, number one, Bill Sienkiewicz looked totally unlike anything. Um, I mean, you could throw Thor up against this, Avengers, anything from Marvel, anything from DC. This book was very unique, a unique representation of a superhero um, genre. So that and the fact that it was a very, very different take on superheroes. Um, there was a lot of meat here. It wasn't just, you know, um, the Wrecking Crew is robbing a bank. Um, Thor is going to go bring him in. You know, there was something mm-hmm. more with these three issues. And I think that's why it's so, well, it's so much loved. I mean, it's just a very deep, very, um, it's a soul searing story. It's, but let's, we'll, we'll just get into it. You, you said that, um, these uh, issue 18, of course, would look so much different than whatever anybody else was doing in Thor or Daredevil or any of the Spider-Man books or Marvel 2-in-1. But never mind that. It just looks completely different from what Bob McCloud and, and Sal Bashima were doing. Oh, sure. Right before. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So, it, it's, so that's, yeah. that's one thing. I mean, you can, you can look past... I mean, you can look at other books and go, okay, you know, that's cool. That's all superhero fare. That looks neat. And that's, you just take a gamble on it. But if you were, if you had a subscription to New Mutants and you were used to having a certain style and then you get this, this intense and kinetic and, and, and frantic, what would look like scribbles on and, and, and this, the, the demon bear with the fucking wonky eyes. It's just like, it, it's, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Like where, where, where are my characters? And, and if it wasn't for Claremont's writing, I mean, the character, the characters, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the silhouettes of them are well, aside from Sam's kitten play flat top, everybody kind of looks who they're supposed to look like. But if it, it, it helps that Claremont's words, have been matching up with what he'd been writing for the past year plus. So it all, it all still sounded the same as, as different as it looked. Right. So before we, I just maybe want to set up, cause I think a lot of our listeners maybe don't know the new mutants as well as we, or like we're kind of taking for and granted. They know right. the yeah, new right. mutants. Yeah. Yeah. We um, haven't run down anything yet. Yeah. I mean, so just, just so, like we said, this is issues 18 through 20, but for those that don't know, uh, just like a little bit of where we were at the time, um, in 82, Claremont was the king of the heap. The X-Men were the book. Everybody was into it. And um, Jim Shooter, who was the editor-in-chief at the time, was begging Chris to expand the mutant universe um, to, to make a second book. And um, in, a, in an unbelievably prescient viewpoint, Claremont and his then editor, uh, Louise Jones, a.k.a. Louise Simonson, a.k.a. Wheezy, um, were reticent. And Claremont kept insisting that he didn't want to dilute the magic and potency of what they had in the X-Men. And when you think where we are now with all of the titles 
all the core IP and, and how many spinoffs and that, you know, it, it was such a prescient viewpoint at the time. But anyway, but but eventually he gives in because uh, Shooter being Shooter tells him, well, if you don't do it, someone else is going to. Basically meaning, well, listen, dude, I think there's money to be made. So if you don't want to do it, I'm going to have someone else do it. Knowing that Claremont being a control freak wouldn't be able to handle that. So um, he gives in and he creates with Bob McCloud the New Mutants which came out in a graphic novel, specifically Marvel graphic novel number four. Yes. And I was, um, well, I was, that came out in 82. I, I, I was, I was eight years old at the time, <laughs> but, but I, I do remember when I first started going into a LCS, the new mutants graphic novel sitting in, I, I don't know if it was Mylar or plastic on the shelf. And I think it was $12 at the time. Wow, and so it was a first and, print thing. Well, well, this was this was just a year or two later. It wasn't like, I mean, but but and just being enamored at the form factor, you know, being different, and eventually, I don't know if it's birthday or whatever, getting it and reading it. But um, but yeah, so so they create a new set of characters, which was in essence Claremont going back to the roots of the team from Jack and Stan, which was a a, a young group of 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 kids pulled together to learn how to handle their powers at the school. Um, and then, as you alluded, Dap, the series launched after the graphic novel in 83. And um, I've, I've read a few places that people, there, there's this wives' tale that uh, the New Mutants wasn't selling well, which is why they were willing to give a guy like Sinkiewicz a shot. That's just not true. Um, New Mutants was a super popular title. It was a big hit, too. Um, it's just that... Um, the the decision to use Sienkiewicz was just because they thought he would be fantastic for the arc um, and loved his style. It wasn't to, because they felt like they had nothing to lose. I don't know. How, it's funny how sometimes modern like urban myths get a mind of their own. But uh, New Mutants was a hit from the start, um, and it was a hit for a long time thereafter. And then it eventually does become a, a poor seller, and which is why many many years later we get the the Rob the Liefeld run, which reinvigorated the title. But but whatever. Um, but during this point, so when, when Sienkiewicz takes over, it was very much a hit book. So they were just trying to keep it a hit book. So there you go. That's pretty good, uh, pretty comprehensive. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it was good. But well, listen, is- we only have three issues. It's, what, like 60, 66 pages of <laughs> right. story here. So, <laughs> so we don't, you know, we, we could do a little uh, extra extra special uh, stuff. And it's worth it. It's 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 a book that's it's a story deserving of of the extra. Right, but I think we need to focus on eighteen, not as the first part of the story, but as a shock to the status quo established by the previous seventeen issues. I mean, look at the cover. Marvel was not in the habit of doing painted covers for all of their books. I mean, yeah, you'd have an issue or two here or there that had a a painted cover, but it it was more often than not an anomaly, right? And then you open the the cover and you see that splash with Danny lying in bed with the covers pulled over her head and on the the, 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 uh, blanket is a patchwork black, a red and white, looks like a crossword puzzle uh, scheme, but it melts into the face of a bear. And that was, I mean, that was totally unexpected at the time. When you look back at what Bob McLeod and, and, and company did on this book, I mean, it was fairly, 
by the numbers, fairly realistic. I mean, you had the New Mutants just doing what uh, their predecessors in the X-Men did. I mean, it, it wasn't as bombastic as the X-Men. They went, I mean, there was the Roman thing with Amara. I mean, it was fairly mundane. I mean, it was good, don't get me wrong, but the, it wasn't outlandish. And in this issue, not only does he up the ante with Sinkevich and this psychodrama about this young Cherokee girl, but he also brings, and I know it has no bearing on these three issues per se, but he brings Warlock into the fold, <laughs> which is totally beyond the realm of what was established in the first 17 issues. I mean, they're just kids, right, from all walks of life, but they're human kids. Now you got this cybernetic thing from the stars that, and again, like I say, he doesn't join the New Mutants proper within these three issues, but it's hinted at that something is going on off planet that will impact the New Mutants. Otherwise, why bring it up? But I mean, it was, I think it was, this issue to me, buying it off the rack was shocking. Because to be honest, I didn't, I, while I read New Mutants, it wasn't anything that would stir my emotions other than being set in the Marvel Universe featuring the mutants that I loved at the time in X-Men, an offshoot of those mutants. So, I mean, artistically, it wasn't any big shakes. But when Sienkiewicz came on board, I stood up and took notice because, sure. you know me, I love that big stiff middle finger. And this, to me, was a sea change in in the way monthly superhero books were presented. And I loved it not only because it was um, it, it was concerned with things other than I'm going to punch you, you're going to punch me. This was the um, psychological landscape of this young girl visualized in a way that I had not really seen before. It it stretched the boundaries of the visual medium of, of sequential art. It stretched what I thought were superhero comics, what could be done in superhero comics. And it I, I just embraced it because it was just so different. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's one of those stunning visuals, like you said. I mean, he, he was so distinct. Well, is still distinct, really, but was so distinct at the time. I, re- I do remember reading these just being um, drawn in by just how shockingly unique uh, it was. And I was way too young at the time to really think about or appreciate the craft or that it was painted or that he was using. I, I just didn't really come at it from a tech, from the uh, an analytical or clinical perspective. I just came at it from um, the visceral feeling of being presented a different type of comic book Mm -hmm. and and later on when we get into the when the uh the bear transports everyone to his realm that fucking topographical map (laughs) it's so awesome that oh yeah i i I was there is no limits to what you can do in comics none this is and and i mean i remember i remember bill as being that 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 no Neil Adams clone from yeah. Moon Knight. Yeah. And and it was it was just like and, and then I see this and I'm like I how is this 
how is this the same person? And obviously, you know, as 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 you get older, you you learn how styles change and and who people really kind of are. It's it's um it's one of those things where you know. So here he was doing what I guess to kind of fit in, or or at least um you know make sure it was a superhero comic that sold. But here, here you go just all out balls to the wall, and 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 I'm I'm looking at it and it's like and. The, the panel layouts, if you even want to say that, and, and just, I mean, we go from the way that there's, there are things that if, if someone tried this, if someone who, who wasn't as so, who wasn't as, as experienced or, or, or as adept tried this, I, I would think that, you know, there were some inconsistencies because they weren't, they weren't doing things right or, or just, they were trying to be fancy or, or do too much, but here he just, he absolutely makes it work. And, and it, it doesn't matter how, and of course, of course he's going to be the one to introduce Warlock because of all the characters to look like this, there isn't anybody who I think could have pulled it off outside of maybe Art Adams, but there's just, there's, there are, as, as I'm reading the three, as I'm rereading the three issues, it's this is one of those things where where there are some stories that can only be illustrated by one person and i i can't if if the demon bear was was drawn by alan davis or pat broderick or anybody else from that time it would have looked more like like, like what sal Bushima did in the excerpt from 17 it would have looked more like a traditional bear and and it just it would have um no i'm sorry that was bob it would have just it, it would have been more superhero-y they wouldn't have chances are they probably wouldn't have taken the chances um that bill took in telling this story and and i can't i mean for the life of me going back Thinking about you know what who else was working in comics at the time, I think the close might be what like 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 John Muth or Kent Williams. I mean, who who could try to do something? I I can't think of anybody working at Marvel or DC who, right. who could have tried to do something like this. Yeah, I think that's the the key is mainstream. Nobody right. in, the, in yeah. the mainstream was doing this. Sure, there was a ton of guys in the underground. And that that were doing things along Sienkiewicz's that were taking risks like yes. Sienkiewicz that would not adhere to the traditional representation of comics and that's in quotes. But before Sienkiewicz at the mainstream, I uh, the biggest risk taker was Steranko in terms of layout, right? Yeah, he wasn't um, doing anything. He wasn't uh, I mean, stretching he wasn't. it. Well, that's, I think we do a disservice to him by saying he wasn't stretching it. He wasn't, I mean, the the representation of the physical form a la Steranko was traditional, but his approach to sequentials was so different. But um, Sienkiewicz doubled up. He took a, a left field approach not only to layout, but to the 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 mark making as well and the 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 stylization of the the characters and it was just so different i mean but if you look at these three issues i think sinkevich opened the floodgates you had ted mckeever and i'm not saying these guys were inspired by sinkevich but 
the uh, the the option for them to get work increased. I think after Sinkevich laid down the law and or or broke the law and said, you know, you can do this. And then we had transit by Ted McKeever, and then you know there was a, a, a slew of of guys that came out, not walking in his footsteps, but walking a different path than the traditional Marvel and DC artist. Now, and I'm also, and and I'm not saying that this caused him to think this way but i think it was after this like when i think of keith giffen i think of the early legion of superhero stuff and i think of maybe he started to get i'm not going to say sloppy he loosened up with like ambush bug but then we got what we get with things like trencher trencher or 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 heckler and and now we you know but but before that he was more he you know it was almost like Traditional. He was trying to emulate Kurt Swan more than anything else, yeah, and yeah. and but you get something like this, and you're I think you become more, um, the 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 more off the wall stuff is is easier to take. You, you can accept it because now I mean here's a dude who just it's here's an avant garde comic book and and we we with superheroes from Marvel and you know so it it's you're you're willing now to maybe not they it, it's it's like it's like going from todd and then greg capullo and then jason sean alexander you're like whoa i mean that's that's right. different I'm, i love but, you for making a spawn reference by the way that's for you yes uh it, but it, it's it's i think that it was i, I yeah I, I i still say that i can't i can't imagine you could have other people retail like you've had you how many countless artists have have redrawn bruce kneeling down Next to mom and dad from year one, everybody's tried to 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 do an homage to that, and and everybody draws the cover of Amazing Fantasy, and 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 there's just so many people who try to give pay respects to 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 what came before, but I can't. I I still say that you know I can't I I can't think of um there this really is the way it is. Before, if Bill didn't draw it, it would have been just another New Mutant story written by Chris Claremont. But, but absolutely, Bill made this what it is. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I always equate the visual to music, or I try to anyway. And this, these three issues of New Mutants, to me, are akin to what Sonic Youth did. You had your rock and roll, and, and it was by the numbers for a, a long time. And then out comes Sonic Youth, and they, they do it pretty much like what everybody did, but they add an element of noise and dissonance and static and 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 just abrasiveness and exploration and expression to it that the other guys didn't seem to have. And, and, and mixed in all that is an honesty. Like, I don't think... Sinkevich was drawing this thinking, oh, this is going to piss people off or this is going to really shake up people. I think he was just honestly approaching Claremont's script with a very, very different way of visualizing it. But I think he was honest in his approach that he thought what he, what he was doing would best serve the story, not just like, you know, fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another reason why I think this works. There's an honesty in the visuals. There's a an honesty in the narrative and a and a and a humanity there that it's not just this giant 
supernatural thing trying to kill a kid. It's it speaks about about race and tradition and and humanity and, I, and it's just a it's a great great story. It, beautifully illustrated in Absolutely. in in an against the grain left field way that just happened to perfectly suit what was going on with the words. And and he's and Bill isn't trying to cater this how much to... of this shit I drink like I'm, I don't want to <laughs> no I, because I don't know I don't over I just had about two fingers to start how much more do I have because I want to be coherent for this do I do another two fingers sure all right yeah, as long as you sip it you're fine yeah I'm sipping. um the uh Bill's drawing panels where you only see like you know the top half of someone's face. Um, there's there are, and not to say that you know other artists didn't do this to take shortcuts, but I mean you have like on splash pages full figures where you know he's like it, it, he's drawing a lot of things where he knows your your mind is going to fill it in. You don't need to see the every line in in the nurse's uniform. You don't need to see where where the pants end. Where 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 it meets the shoe. It's just like this is just you know, that's that's all extra stuff. You obviously know the EMT is wearing shoes when they're wheeling Danny in. It's like we don't we don't have and and it's just. But I'm I take I look at everything whether it's it's his sound effects. Or I just I can't take my eyes away from any of his lines and and it's. So much so where I'm I'm not even I have to go back and read what was on the page because I got lost by the time I got to the, the end of it. By the end of the page, not even the end of an issue. Right. Right. And I've never been a huge fan of Professor X. And in issue eighteen, which opens with um Rachel <laughs> Rachel Summers reliving the events of her alternate future. And she sees the academy being blown up. The army has it surrounded. And she goes in and confronts Professor X. And she's like, Professor, shit's going down. Come on. Uh, we got to get out of here. I'm not leaving without you. And he's like, child. And he pulls himself up on the drapes. And he's going to address the army. And he's like, we surrender. And then, boom, you get a double page spread of Professor X being blown back out of his wheelchair. Like, gut shot. And I'm like, I love this book already. <laughs> you weak bastard. Cease that fire? Was... Are you kidding me? Keep firing. That's as as Rachel was running into the room, that's probably the most Neil Adams e in this entire issue. In this entire Oh in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Entire trade. I mean that that's it. After that it's just like I'm doing my thing, bitches, and I mean, and 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 it and it works for his style too, because it, aside from going crazy in the danger room, I mean, the 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 way he draws Sunspot or the way he draws Cannonball flying through, um, he's able to go nuts with Magma. This kind of was a team that was, yeah. You know, he, I don't think Bill. I would have loved to see Bill draw um, the Avengers, but 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 those characters, I don't think would have worked. I mean, I like his Thor, especially back then with with the shine off the helmet. But it's it, this was this was kind of this was like the perfect storm, as far as I'm concerned. It's yeah. just yeah, lightning in a bottle. Uh, yeah, but 
this these three issues are very tight for Sienkiewicz. I mean, when you look at what came later, not only in New Mutants, but oh, with Electra. Electra Lives Again, and uh, what was the Daredevil Kingpin uh, graphic novel, Love and War? I want to say so. Yeah, and I mean, he just, he took the uh, mandate that he was given and just blah, he just went crazy with it. I mean, in especially in, in Electra, with the, the cut and paste faces that he used over and over and over and over again. I mean, but it worked, you know, it wasn't lazy. It, it was, it was an approach. It was a statement that, you know, it's, he's not duplicating backgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. He was making a, a graphic statement by saying, this person is vapid and I'm going to represent him in the same way every single time. Uh, no, I just, um, again, I don't think the, the impact or the uh, the fallout from what Sienkiewicz did on these three issues, the importance of which I don't think it can be overstated. These three issues are very important, um, not only in the the uh, um, aspect of graphic storytelling or sequential art, but these had an impact on mainstream comics. But these three issues also impacted the the undergrounds and the 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 self-published and they they just opened the doors to you took a look at these and you said oh my god we've been limiting ourselves there there are things that are possible that um reservoirs that we haven't even tapped look at what this guy's doing in a superhero book from freaking marvel it it was unheard of but let's get into the story a little bit do it Jason, you want to take it? Because, like, this is your wheelhouse, buddy. Well, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah, as you said, the the, the first um, issue 18 uh, called Death Hunt. I mean, Bill really makes a statement right at the start, right, with the first page, which is mm-hmm. um, Danny um, in the fetal position, eyes wide, uh, fearful, and enveloped in a blanket. And the blanket is overlaid with a relatively traditional um, looking bare face with this uh, intricate. And shout out to, to Glynis uh, Ween because she did the colors. But this really intricate black and white um, um, checker pattern. And, and she, you know, she says, I mean, right off the bat, we find out it's about the demon bear. She says that the demon bear is out there, murdered her parents and is waiting for her. You know, yeah. and then. Then we have a few but pages to your Before we move on, yeah. that image, the the best, in my opinion, the best part of that image is the white square on the bear's nose. On the nose? Yep. That. Now, I mean, it, it would be as power, it would be powerful if he didn't do that, but that transforms what would be the highlight on the bear's nose to a geometrical. Um, shape and uh-huh. it just it it brings your eye not only the highlights in his eye but that that highlight on the nose just brings you right where he wants you and that's the um snarling mouth of the bear and it, it's bookmarked by the white of her eye too that's a really large white of her eye it is and to do that with the the highlight on the nose that just pulls everything together. I, that 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 is a masterful friggin' page. It is. I agree. Yep. 
Um, and then we get a few pages of, as you already referenced, an, another story, not pertinent to uh, to Demon Bear really, but just ongoing in the X universe, which is um, uh, the whole Professor X getting attacked scene and kind of setting up everything there. So um, we're kind of drawn immediately away. And then we're jumped into the Danger Room, where um, we've probably seen the Danger Room a thousand times over the years. Um, for those that don't know, the Danger Room is a... Uh, a room that's uh, some it's it's some combination of of holographic projection and 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 mechanical um, wizardry that allows the X Men to train under different scenarios. And in this case, we are introduced to uh, Magma, Cannonball, and Sunspot, who are laying waste to a bunch of very cool Sinkevichian robots. Uh, and in typical Claremont fashion of the time because he loved ex- expository hmm. dialogue. We are introduced to each, including <laughs> their relative ages, that they're the physical threats, that uh, what their power sets are as they go around uh, fighting the robots. Um, but I really think in these in these danger room scenes, for me, where Sienkiewicz shines is with, with how he does uh, magma. Um, yeah. Y- you know, it's, it's, it's this like the way he implies the the fire it's this messy almost like scratchy ballpoint pen uh like how i would have colored in something if i just had a ballpoint pen i was doodling in my notebook at school you know with with red and uh i'm sure he didn't do it in the red but but he he did those lines and um uh and you know as was always they 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 are victorious in their in their danger room yep. scene, and um, then we cut before to, you just before you. Move, I don't want to be a dick. Before you move on, the his representation of magma today wouldn't be any big shakes with digital coloring. Back then, it was a pain in the ass. Sure, because that had to be that would be on a different color separation than everything else. Because he mm-hmm. did it. He did it in black. But to represent it as red on black required right. far more than just separating it traditionally. They had to do a, a couple extra steps, and it was a big deal to do that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Sorry. That's a good point. Um, and it's, it's interesting rereading this because you're reminded of how these characters were just getting started. So in this, Sam Cannonball has barely got control of his powers. He can... He's he's just a, a, a basically a rocket, but like when it's like with fireworks when you when you would light a rocket a bottle rocket and you you would you would know where it was going to go it just went somewhere and that's kind of how he is in this he he's just figuring out how to even make turns while he's while he's propelling himself um, and, and then you think to where they are now you know he's 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 a refined you know they're they're so powerful and refined now yeah. these years later but. Uh, but uh, and then we jump again. We jump scenes and we get very plain human-looking, like real, almost almost photorealistic looking depictions of Danny and Ileana, mm-hmm. and and uh, and a less a less realistic-looking version of Lockheed, obviously. Um, and if you look, it's amazing how messy Lockheed is. The way he, 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 like in that page, he draws Lockheed with very little thought to. Like anatomical consistency. Yep. Especially in the bottom left panel where um, <laughs> it's just 
Barely. Yeah, it's almost that, like that's a ballpoint scribble. Exactly. It's almost just a scribble. It's just a shape, a blob that's that, that Glennis colors in purple. Um But you know what it is though. Hmm? Yeah. It's 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 immediately apparent what it is. He he didn't Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And 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 again we get more we get introductions, we get the explanation from Claremont in Thought Balloons about uh who Danny is and, and who Ileana is and um they recap the prior arc of the series, which involved the Hellions, um, and um, and then we get the bottom right panel. We get the uh, another glimpse at the at the demon bear. Um, you know that Danny's been having a bear in her dreams, and uh, it's been getting more and more vivid for her. Um, and and then they they kind of their conversation is broken up by. The doorbell ringing, and they answer the door, and uh, it's Rachel Summers, and uh, uh, an ugly version of Rachel Summers, if there ever was one. Like <laughs> he gives her a five head. He has her gaunt. She looks gaunt. She looks like. I mean, she looks like she's. Dude, just what? <laughs> she's got a five head in this. I'm sorry, she does. She's got a five head, and uh, and she, she runs like off because when she sees Ilyana as a little girl, she's totally freaked out. She doesn't know what to make of that, and uh, they don't know who they don't know who Rachel is yet. They, they, they don't they haven't met. They don't know that who she is. Um, I mean, this first issue jumps all over the place, mm-hmm. and and it's just funny because then we get to the interlude, which is hysterical to me because we've already had like four scene changes in the book, but now this time Claremont wants us to know it's an interlude. <laughs> it's like I feel like it's really the fourth scene change, but whatever. Uh, and that is the that is the introduction of Warlock. Where he's just sitting on a planet, and he's coming to, trying to figure out where he is, and then his dad, the Magus, shows up, and we—I I mean, we don't know it's the Magus at this point, but we all—we we know it's the Magus now because we've been reading comics for a long time. But we just know that that another being that looks like him, uh, a more vibrant, golden, more muscular being that uh, also drawn like him, shows up, and uh, it's his father, and uh, he lays waste to the planet. And uh, his son barely escapes, and his father is very happy that his son escaped because he's enjoying the chase. Um, now, now we know, as you said later on, he will come to Earth and join the team and be a long-standing member of the team. But uh, but that was, in fact, an interlude. Right. Yeah. But if you look at – I mean, I love these pages because, again, they're not the traditional representation of space that we had seen in the Marvel Universe. It was either Kirby Dots – or uh Jamba Seema's take on space there was nothing uh there's not much that's geometric in these pages other than the panels um and if you look at warlock he looks almost feminine mm-hmm. the way he's laying there and you got the curvature yeah. of the hips and everything but when i originally when i read this i i i, I thought Here's a dude, and I'm talking about the Magus, in space, who flings energy at this planet. And he's got to be a couple hundred thousand miles away. <laughs> like, that to me looks like the view of Earth from the moon, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, judging the distance, 230 whatever thousand miles, and he flings this ball of energy at this planet, like, you're talking impossible distances to fathom like it's like throwing a a softball a couple hundred thousand miles 
in an instant. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy to me that this character could do that. And I, I think the power of these characters is understated in this section. But mm-hmm. these pages are just god-awful gorgeous and atypical with the dotted lines framing like moving your eye around the pages and then yeah 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 just the massive cosmic force of the magus he's floating in space and you get this crackle around him but again it's not kirby crackle it's sinkevich energy crackle with the Mm -hmm. way it undulates and he you could just tell he had a ball doing that middle panel but again to to say that it was an atypical representation is almost redundant at this point now it it didn't it didn't bother me here in these three issues with these interludes when we cut to war, or at least in these two, it's not in the third, when we cut to Warlock um, because it's Sienkiewicz drawing a Warlock and it's just, it's more Sienkiewicz. What, what occurred to me later on when we read the issues that were included in this um I feel because there are interludes in one of the X-Force issues, a couple of them. And I feel that if you're going to add, if you're going to take pages from previous issues, you're not going to give us full issues of, of, um, of numbers one or three or 17. You're just going to give us those pages that are relevant to the demon bear. Then I think you could probably take away the pages from the whole issues that aren't relevant to the demon bear. And, and it, it here, it's not so again, because it's in Kevin strong warlock. I didn't care, but warlock has nothing to do with the demon bear. So it would not have anybody who hadn't read it. Wouldn't know what they were missing. It, it, it doesn't pertain to this story because we, we get everything we need to know in some pages leading up to the full issues and and like i said in, in the x in the first x-force issue we get we we get pages with Celine and sunspot we get pages with with a mute siren it's just like i don't I, why i don't it's got nothing to do with with what danny's dealing with in san francisco right but i mean if you wanted to stretch it in the warlock section warlock's fighting against his parent and in the danny moonstar story <laughs> she, no 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 she's trying to 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 of uh, what she thinks is avenge hers. Sure. So I mean, there is a yeah. There's a parable. I, there, I get that. A, a little bit. I mean, but I'm yeah, like you. I said, I'm it's a stretch. It's a stretch. Right. This is shit that was in a monthly book that played out over the course of how many many issues. So uh, just well, because I think at the end of twenty, it says uh, Warlock shows up. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So it it's it's a, an extra a added tease. thing by Claremont, but. Wow, I, I I hazard to guess what Warlock would have been if it if Sinkevich didn't get first crack at him. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting point. Well, you just wonder if he would have stood the test of time. True, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, so so we after the interlude, and interestingly enough, the the interlude ends mid page, uh, and the bottom of the page is is a uh, a silhouetted woman with a bow and arrow which we now know is is danny and she's uh in the she's in the wintry cold and then the next page she is doing battle with a very large grizzly bear drawn relatively realistically um she is uh going back and forth with it and she shoots an arrow right into his throat 
kills it. Um, and then we find out that uh, that's just her in the danger room running a simulation. And it's uh, clear that uh, her good friend Ileana is worried about her because she's been running simulations like this for days, days and days. Um, and she almost explains to Ileana what's going on and and stops herself. And rather than explaining about the demon bear, she just says she's making sure that the next time she tangles with a foe, her powers can't affect that she'll be able to pull her own weight. And again, very, very interesting to read this now in that context, because um, Danny eventually will lose her powers. She, she loses her powers during M day. And uh, so it's just funny to, to read that line now, many, many years before that concept ever existed, where she was training herself to, uh, to not have her mutant powers and be effective anyway, because she doesn't have them. Right. So, but even before she lost her power, she was a Valkyrie, Valkyrie. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, she, she has her powers, then she's a Valkyrie, then she loses her powers and her Valkyrie status. And then Hela gives her, her Valkyrie powers back and then some, and that's where we stand now. She's she's like a, a souped up Valkyrie, but does not have her mutant powers. Yeah. Like in, she's cur- she's current. By the way, she's. Cur- I mean, I say this because she's currently like in the 2019 version of the X Men. That is her. She is an active member, and she is that is her status. But anyway, um, I group um, mm-hmm. Danny in the same category as Cable. Where, as far as the mutant universe goes, these characters have been maligned for years. It's like a precedent is established with a certain power set and then someone else comes along and says you know what we can do something else with this character let's make her valkyrie and like with cable you know it starts out as a certain way and then changes to something else and then the next creative team comes in and they either forget or don't care about what the previous creative team had done and they do something else with the character i i think there were more iterations of danny moonstar than probably you know the bulk of the mutant universe i mean They've done things with her that just all over the place, you know. So if you yeah, have, although I would, I, I mean, I definitely agree that they've done a lot with her, but it's hard for me to say that she's most maligned because in this book she's sharing most of her scenes with Ileana, and nobody's had a more fucked up backstory than Ileana. Oh, true, <laughs> true that. Yeah, you're I mean, right. she, she's yeah. been dead. She's been without a soul. She's been trapped in she limbo. Right? Yeah, she's been de-aged. She's, I mean, she has. Uh, yeah, she she's she's been part yeah. of Phoenix. She's been all over. But anyway, um, yeah. But no, for sure, Danny's Danny's been been through the ringer. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then and then there's a, a couple pages of of, of self introspection on Danny's part, where she lets us know that um, uh, you know her parents have died, and she she blames herself because she thinks that they died protecting her from the demon bear. Um, and, um, and, and then finally, which is probably a page that somebody owns somewhere and God, I would love to see it in its, in its, <laughs> in its real form. Um, the, we get a beautiful full page splash of, 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 of Danny. It's her back to us, uh, looking up and she sees this just massive, bear demon bear that that is probably what one two probably four five times 
tall as tall as she is, and 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 filling up the entire page with these gigantic claws. And essentially, it's it's essentially most of the page is just uh, black with 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 spotted white snow. You know, it's it's like almost just negative space, and just on the outer edges are these these shades of brown to indicate the bear's fur. Um, but it is amazing. It is an amazing visual. Yep. Um, and, uh, and they fight and they fight. And this time it's, uh, it's much bigger stakes than what we saw in the danger room because the bear is massive and all powerful. And she's using her mutant powers as well at this point to try and win. And she shoots a, an arrow right into his mouth. And, uh, and walks away, you know, thinking that uh, she was successful, that she took the bear out. Uh, and then we get another scene change, all about the scene changes, where uh, where Rain Sinclair, aka Wolfsbane, pops up, and uh, she just gets a premonition that something's wrong, and she races off in her wolf form, and the rest of the New Mutants follow her out of the mansion into the snow, and uh, they can't believe what they see. And standing next to a gigantic oak tree, which I can't imagine a tree being that big, but um, is a bloody, gutted Danny Moonstar lying in the snow. Yeah. One thing um, you kind of glossed over, but it's very important, is, is that when Danny uses her powers against the bear, and typically Danny's powers is to manifest visual images from the minds of her target in uh, either fears or desires. When she uses her power against the bear, she conjures an image of herself, meaning that the bear is death most afraid of her. Like the, the bear is, is shit scared of Danny. Yeah. Um, and the fact that there's a terrible storm going on that plays into the story later on. So she goes out into the the snow and it's a, like a blizzard condition and the the conditions are terrible, terrible. And she's facing off against this bear. And Jason said, the the rest of the team finds her and she's she's gutted. She's in a pool of her own blood. There in ends issue number eighteen. Yeah. Mm. Let's take nineteen. I'll do it. Dap could do the wrap up. The the end okay. capper. Well, they they bring uh, Dan. Danny's rushed to the emergency room. She's she's bleeding out. They got to get her on the uh, in the operating room. She's she's in such bad condition, broken bones, injury to her spine. She's in she's not long for this this world. And they don't have time to do X rays. Just get her in the damn operating room. They cut off her her clothing, and um, as they're bringing her in. You got um, Officer Corsi, who we have to note is um, an Italian American. He's got he's got the mustache going on. He's you know he's he's a tradition dark haired uh, traditional Italian, and and he's like, what the hell happened? And uh, you got Sam and his um, his uh, Terry Austin fan club hat. Which I thought I thought was cute, uh, and they're like, "Well, it looks like she got mauled from a bear." And of course, he's like, "What? A bear in Westchester? Come on, I I, I don't think that's possible." But um, Claremont makes us well aware that 
uh, Officer Corsi's a player. And, <laughs> and he has eyes for um, a nurse. What is her name? Nurse? Um, uh, Freelander's her last name, right? Yeah. Um, is it Rachel? No, it's not Rachel. Uh, but, but he has eyes for this, this nurse. Sharon. Sharon. Yes. And he's, he's making a play for her and he's like, uh, you know, he's schmoozing her pretty well. Um, and, and the, the new mutants each in their own way. Uh, I think Roberto is the hardest hit, um, among this. And you have Rain who doesn't really trust Ileana because it, uh, yeah, really? that, and that's that 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 bugs me to no end. Because here's somebody who, uh, you know, being being brought up, um, being raised Catholic, and 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 of course being sure. being told that uh, her her powers are a curse, and 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 she's a demon, um, to have that beaten into you, so that here's somebody who's who's a Granted, it's not like you grew up with her. She she was much younger when when you know a little while ago, and and now um, it's just to, because she's because Ileana's obviously been to limbo, and and is a sorceress um, for for Rain to react the way she does. It's just it's I I know why she does it, but it 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 bugged me a lot reading this rereading this right but um, well wait it bugs you because i mean it doesn't bug you because you think it's illogical though right no it's absolutely right right it's it's logical okay, but yeah it's, i was gonna yeah, say because it's 100% yeah, logical, it makes right? sense yeah, yeah. Right. It absolutely I, and makes i think sense. i think it's totally typical of the mindset of a person who was raised in a very strict catholic upbringing when encountering uh, a person who was raised by a demon this this girl that's what i'm saying yeah, right yeah. this girl was raised by the enemy and also remember that uh in the context of this rain is the baby of the group she's 14 right yeah um you know the others are late teens you know pretty much adults but so yeah 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 but and that and that uh that dynamic between them doesn't ever really go away no mm mm but I mean, because Rain Rain struggles with her faith yeah. throughout her. I mean, through her, she. It's funny. Like I, I guess, I guess the, I guess any character that has been in publication for decades has a crazy history. Because because Rain's had a crazy history. I mean, she got pregnant and didn't know who the baby daddy was, and then yeah, had the baby, yeah. and then had they gave the baby away, and now they don't ever talk about the baby anymore. So <laughs> they should. They could probably. There's talk about a good story. They should. They there should do go. a story where you get all the forgotten kids from all of these comics that, that just get get forgotten about like never mentioned again yeah. no you're totally on the mark when you say the 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 duration uh over which these these characters are in, in existence look at poor marina what they did with her like yeah. st- starting out in one form in in alpha flight and then oh, towards wait, you mean alpha flight marina yeah towards yeah. the end she like became plot, like a, a like plotic sea serpent marina yeah sea serpent yeah. like what the hell but um no i think it's 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 on the mark for 
and and I don't want to speak about anybody that's devoutly religious. That's that's not my game. But when you're raised in a very regimented belief system, and someone comes along that is the that was at least involved with the antithesis of your belief system, you're not going to warm up to that person too much. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um. And the storm is raging outside, and Sam says, "You know what? We got to be here for our girl. Let's put our costumes on. We'll we'll seal the door and make sure that that nothing happens to our boo." And Ileana casts a ward of protection around the operating room, while um, before she does that, she tries to contact uh, mentally co- contact Danny, and it doesn't go well. It, it makes the anesthetic wear off to a bit, and the the doctors can't do what they do. So she pulls back, and they they cast a, a ward. She casts a ward of protection around the operating room. Meanwhile, dun dun dun, the star jammers enter the fray, and this is another one of those. It's amazing how many scene changes we have, right? Yeah, yeah, and this is at a time when Carol Danvers, aka Binary, my girl, at the time was uh, cruising around with the Star Jammers, as was uh, Prince uh, Lalandra of the Shi'ar. And um, they notice, they're picking up on what's going down with this uh, technological thing that's streaming across the galaxy at very high rate of speed, being gained upon by this larger thing that uh, they don't know what to make of it, but uh, in the end, they they notice that these things are heading towards Earth, and uh, Corsair's like, "Well, we got to get there. We got to warn them. We got to we got to help." And it's made known to him that should even they decide to fold time, they would never get there in time to uh, to uh, help. But uh, Lindlandra says, and it's a typical burst of Claremont dialogue. Uh, Corsair says, isn't there anything we can do? And Lalandra says, wait, pray, and should the worst occur, ellipsis, avenge. Yeah, that I, I circled that as the most groaning, like, yes. Claremontian dialogue that I wish we didn't have in it, the book. It's true. But at least, at least it's from Lalandra. I mean, of all the people to say it, I yeah. would expect it to be a Shi'ar. Yeah, Lalandra's kind of pretentious, right? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, sure. Bad taste in men, too. She's the magistrix. Yep. But uh, Officer Corsi uh, stumbles upon Rain in transitional wolf form, and he almost takes her out, and she spins it in a different direction and says, you know, uh, I'm just worried about my my friend in there. And and, uh, that's when uh, Corsi starts macking on Nurse Sharon. Uh, Alfred, by the way, talk about it all the time, right? They would never have that in a comic now. No. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock shows up yep. at the uh, <laughs> the hospital. Indeed he does. As does, uh, I'm guessing that's Tiger Blood next to him. I don't know. I don't know if that's Charlie Sheen. It kind of looks like him. I, I thought it was like uh, Agent Cooper, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's before the time. Yeah, it is. But uh, so... Uh, shit goes down in uh, the operating room, and uh, the bear shows up and throws down with the new mutants. Um, he manages, to, well, it 
manages to connect with Ileana and where it wounded her. This eldritch armor shows up to cover the wound, which plays out later on. Um, Long story short, they fight the bear and the bear says, fuck this. You're going to, you're going to play in my backyard. And he takes nurse, uh, Sharon, officer Corsi, and what he could take from the operating room. Uh, so he's got to take it all because of Ileana's protection around it. And he spirits them away to his place of power, which is the Badlands. And that leads right into issue 20. Uh, that is actually Dr. Ben Casey, played by uh, actor Vince Edwards. Where'd you get that? I looked it up. Oh, nice. But it's so so nice of Alfred Hitchcock to show up. Yes. <laughs> so weird. And that's like one of the few bits of, of reference that I could detect from Mr. Yeah, and it's, it's And I think, because at, at first I thought it might have been an actor from one of hitchcock's movies it's obviously he's 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 not anthony perkins but i wasn't i didn't know if um how many movies hitchcock wrote and directed that that involved doctors playing parts but um yeah i guess uh i guess bill must have had um whatever was yeah on the rabbit ears that was close to being tv land back then gotta meet the deadline right absolutely no problem with that and i like how sam's hat changed throughout throughout the issue because it did say Terry Austin fan club but before that a couple pages earlier it had cat for caterpillar um it was just it was like statics x hat when when icon when when milestone launched and um whatever would be on the on the cap but this issue was um there was there was a lot for build to draw here and, and a lot of it obviously i mean when you're at the, the mansion you could you know mess with the danger room um you can go a little crazy with robots and things like that and out in space whether whether it's warlock or the star jammers you can kind of go crazy but here he's in a hospital it's it's like an actual real physical building so um the you know the elevator shaft may not um be that wide in in most buildings but you know he's still that there's this this issue even though it was more um you know it, 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 danny's friends are doing what a lot of people have to kind of do when they're in a hospital while their friend is in an or while their loved one is in an or and 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 you know you, you kind of just sit on your hands and and, and you're you're fidgety and um but there's something deeper and 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 heavier going on so they have to uh they have to prepare for that so they weren't really it, this wasn't a reactionary issue in is part of the story but it was uh it was still it was still very important because you you were also introduced to a couple of of characters that you wouldn't normally think much of who play a part um in issue 20 and um it's it's you know instead of just them being throwaway characters that you know you really don't care about the claremont and and chris and bill spent panels 
on on them. So so gave them a little bit of gave them enough where you know they actually felt like people and not just uh, part of a story that just served a purpose to move things along. Right, right. Before we get into the narrative, I got to say that splash page with the bear in his um, place of power and the type, the typographical map that Sienkiewicz put in there and the fact that Sienkiewicz lettered I love that. All of the credits himself. Yeah. And, and then you get the Ralph Steadman-esque brushy Badlands typography. I mean, that that to me right there, that's the one image that typifies the three issues this spread is like. Th- this encapsulates everything for me. I love this spread. I wish I could I lo- buy it. I... Uh, I- I love that. I love the layout of it because you have the left-hand side under the map. You have all the text that, that that Vince just mentioned. You have the credits. You have the title. But then when your when your eye goes to the right, all the action is happening in the background and or in a distance. And it's just it it it's as if you were you were looking from left to right. And and it's just as because if it was if it was happening closer. It would be a distraction from you wouldn't be able to see the credits because that that that's where your eye would be. But your eye almost kind of like as if you just almost as if a camera was panning away at at, at the beginning of uh, with film credits. Sure. Yeah. You no. Know, it's it's a a hell of a wide shot, and I think it yeah. establishes just how big the the demon bear's realm is. And when you dig a little deeper into the story, it's entirely fitting this gigantic expanse of untouched land that's part of what claremont is getting at in this story i think anyway so keep going i agree with you uh so yeah so so before the um the credits page we get a quick little recap um and now we are transported um and all about the Badlands. So the uh, the team is looking to take down the bear. But unfortunately, um, the bear has, uh, while, while she's protected, uh, thanks to um, Ileana's um, wards, the bear still has in its possession Corsi and freelander and he turns them he 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 claws them claws their bodies um and uh and and bearing basically while their well it looks like their bodies were damaged is actually um he's using their souls to uh to attack the team so now they not only have the demon bear to deal with they also have um a demon officer and nurse so they they're they're taking care of that while the bear is trying to break down iliana's magical wards to get to danny uh comes close to it um and uh one of the surgeons notices a change um in the room and, and he's just like uh while 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 his 
fellow surgeon is is waiting for for the forceps. Uh, he kind of just blanks out for a second, and and so they ask Bill if he's all right. He's like, "Yeah, no, I just I um I I, I could have sworn I yeah, uh, no, I was something at the wall. Don't worry, everything's back to normal." Um, and then we get an awesome image of Ileana concentrating and and making sure that um they're reinforcing the wards so that uh the, that the bear cannot um smash through them and kill Danny. Uh all the while Roberto and Sam are doing their damnedest to uh to take on the bears stooges. Uh the whole team still a little on the inexperienced side. Now, whether you could say that um, it's because they're not, uh, well, because they're not experienced, or they're a little distraught and and not thinking clearly because their friend uh, is in mortal danger. It, it, it's who's to say? But um, the um, magma is is. Um, out to kill them she's like listen they, they, these people are stopping us from helping our friend um we got to take him out bobby and cotton into that so he he's, he stops magma and they have a little um discussion about about ethics and um really not the time or place for that i get what bobby's saying and and i definitely don't agree with magma's, magma's tactics but um that distraction causes bobby to get uh yanked away and thrown into the uh into the shadows into a darker spot of the badlands where um there is no sunlight and without sunlight bobby ain't as powerful um and he uh the 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 nurse demon starts um is a big old bear hug from behind starts um starts sapping his energy and here comes wolf spain to uh save the day she breaks the hold the arrow um the the demon recovers goes to shoot um wolf spain with an arrow magma stops that um but the uh there the the corsi as a demon shows up and attacks magma um and at that point the bear is close enough strikes magma and starts to turn her but iliana can't let that happen so she um she attacks the bear and while great shot of her slicing off uh the bear's right paw um then takes her soul sword, plunges it right into magma. Sam, not thinking clearly, grabs Ileana, throws her down the field. Um, and then we get another little... Uh, it's not the first time it occurred, but we, um, we, get, some, uh, we get some armor that, that just kind of appears protecting... Ileana uh when she's in danger as she was when Sam who because he's invulnerable when he's blasting away anyone he's holding is also protected uh but he let her go and and it would have um 
it, it would have hurt her badly if this armor didn't appear. Um, she has no idea where it came from. Um, and he's, you know, the hothead that he is, he thinks she killed, he thinks Ileana killed Amara only to um, have it revealed because she now, Amara shows up and starts yelling at Sam that um, Ileana <laughs> was only trying to save me. And if you had waited a second, uh, you would have you would have seen that. So now, of course, she, he's... She calls him a barbarian. She does, you barbarian fool. Yeah. But he, uh, Sam has the hots for Amara. Absolutely, and yeah. it, which is which is what he which is why he originally reacted, and 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 that they they played on that in issue eighteen in mm-hmm. the danger room because magma had fallen, and and so Sam was going to save her, and she's like, "Listen, I I was fine. You didn't." And remember, the the barbarian fool isn't just some like. No, she is. She's she's from she, she's from she's from she's from a a, a frozen like time version of ancient yeah. Rome. Right. Yeah. She's yeah. Roman, so it's right. She's she's she, not saying you're an ass. She's saying you, that this is how yeah. This yeah, is you're how you're people a, a scumbag. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? Um. So he. Uh, but of course, because he he has a crush on her, and and um he done he knows he done been wrong, and and as he. While he's throwing, when when he grabs Ileana, he, he's talking about how how you know we should have listened to Rain and and she must have been right about you this whole time. And it's like, dude, you you get how long have you been letting that bottle up? Because you spewed all of that out real quick over this over this one incident. And granted, yeah. you thought someone you cared about had just was just killed, but again, um, Bible Belt. You know that's where Guthrie's from. That's the way he's taught. The oldest of ten kids. Yep. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so you, um, throughout the issue, we get some more um, iterations of the map where we see the demon bear's power growing because mm. all the blackened spots are um, so beautiful. I love is. those. Uh, is is where the bear, um, so the par- bear's power has grown, and um, so. Rain shows up with Roberto, uh, hoping to get him into some sunlight, get him um, get him powered on a little bit. Ileana figures that um, the connection between Rain and Danny can help um, defeat the bear and save her. Um, and of course, it's like Ileana grabs Rain to get her attention. And and Rain's reaction is Lego my hand, which it is just. And, 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 but but then Bill draws. I don't, know, clean. <laughs> I don't know if Bill drew Ileana because her powers are trying to are, are, are going to kick in, or if that's Rain's interpretation of how Ileana looks from her eyes. Because it's just, I I I love the warped out eyes. It's just. It, it's just Bill. But anyway, she, um, Rain forces herself to kind of get in Danny's mind, which almost killed her before because Danny was distracted. Uh, and because while they were, while they were sedating her to operate on her in order for Danny to continue the conversation in her mind with Rain, she had to force herself to stay awake, um, which of course wasn't helping. So, um, Ray now feels guilty about that, so she's now forcing herself again to talk to, at this point, to talk to Danny, um, wonder, her, worrying 
that this could kill her best friend. Um, and in, in typical Claremont speak, we, we don't have a choice, Rain. It's it's Danny's life versus everyone else's in the world. And Rain says, it's not fair. It's as if she were here, she'd say, I was right. I, that she would. And her. And she's already she's already written her off. She's like, I'll miss you so. It's like this is yeah. the last time I'm gonna speak to you. We're done. So um while um while Rain's doing that, the bear swats at uh at the operating room like like it's a tether ball, which of course causes harm to Ileana. And Magma decides that uh, she'll start letting off little little volcanoes. So um because uh, the fire seems to bother the demons, and um, they take they take the demons down. Oh, they they take the nurse down. Corsi shows up behind Rain, knocks her unconscious, and um, and Ileana comes to her rescue, stabs um, stabs him, and he goes down. Magma throws some fire towards the bear. The bear looks a little worried. Um, and fur catches fire, starts running out into the field. Um, Cannonball grabs Ileana, goes after him. She takes the sword, slices him down the middle. And as it howls, two beings appear. Um, as its severed halves collapse in on them, uh, in on themselves, revealing that the bear, for all its darksome majesty, was not quite what at first seemed. And then we're all back in the hospital, in the hallway, near the operating room. And unfortunately, Officer Corsi and Nurse Freelander are still red Indians, because it's the 80s, and they're not going to be able to return to their former self. Um, but that's okay. We get a small panel of that because we want to make sure we have a bigger panel introducing you to Danny's parents. And um, there, the doctor comes running out because he's like, this is a hospital. And um, there's just way too much ruckus going on here. The man introduces himself as William Lone Star. This is my wife, Peg. Our daughter, Danielle, is your patient. And then you see Sam, Ileana, and Amara in the back, all amazed. Um, Pops asked how his daughter's doing. Doctor says as well as can be expected. Um, The doctor lets everybody know that because of the damage... Danny is going to be paralyzed. Um, and that causes the team to um, have their own thoughts about the issue. The um, the professor is speaking to them telepathically. Uh, he has taken steps to <laughs> prevent uh, this from staying. And so a while later, uh, a bandaged hand tells Danny to rest. Says the um, I know, but uh, the pain is a sign of healing. It will soon pass. And Storm, my task is now complete. 
Storm says, thank you, healer. I'm in your debt. But at this point in time, Storm is the leader of the Morlocks. So there's no debt to repay. Um, she calls. He answers. It's how they roll. So uh, Danny wakes You're up. damn right. <laughs> Danny, uh, Danny says, hi to Storm. Uh, Storm says, you know, you're fortunate. Um, the healer was taxed to his limits, but you're, uh, you'll be on the road to recovery for a bit, but you'll be able to, uh, to walk again. Um, she asked about the bear and off panel a voice says that particular night bear nightmare is gone, darling forever. And she can't quite be sure if that voice is a voice she thinks it should belong to that person. And, She's like, it can't be. And Pop says, guess again, little spirit. And we see a couple of tears rolling down her cheeks. They um, they talk a bit about um, how they weren't killed. They weren't enslaved. Uh, they were transformed into the demon bear. Um, your, uh, we, your grandfather, your grandfather's spells kept us at bay. Um, but once, once he died, um, it was, uh, we, we were able to hunt you down and, um, the rest of the kids are having a little chat with professor X. Um, again, nothing can be done to, uh, turn them back into, um, the people they were. And we end with professor saying that they should all be very proud for the way they handled themselves and did what, uh, did the best they could. With um, with what they were given, and that's it. Because in the next issue, we will get Warlock and a Slumber Party. Yay! I really, really, I, I had not read, I haven't read these three issues in years. I don't. Same. I flipped through them, I think, probably once or twice over the years since they originally came out. But to sit down and just read them back to back to back, it's not since they were probably originally released. Yeah. It, it's and it was it. This is not. This is not a case where. It, I thought you know I was reading it in rose rose colored glasses, or I, I expected something that that wasn't the case. This. This is this was as exciting and and as visually arresting as it was back then. I I I, I was amazed by it then, and I love it now. Well, I got to be honest. I haven't read these in a long, long time, and my um, respect for this arc was mostly due to what Sinkevich did. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, I certainly did not pay as much attention to the story as I did to the visual representation of said story. But in rereading these, Claremont had an agenda with these three issues. And th- I I didn't realize it until the third issue when... Uh, Officer Corsi and Nurse Sharon are saved, but they're transformed racially. 
Mm-hmm. Now you have an Italian and and um, okay, uh, I don't know, maybe a uh, what what was her last name? The, Friedlander. Friedlander. Okay, maybe European descent. Yeah, yeah, um, probably. So, but they're 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 transformed into Native Americans in the in the third part of this. That to me, you got to ask yourself why? Why were these non-Native Americans transformed into Native Americans at the end of the story? Yeah, the demon bear took them in the Badlands, and um, again, I think the demon bear's claws are very close to Ileana's soul sword in in what they do. So he, he skewers them and he transforms them into these Native American-themed demons. And that doesn't go well. And Ileana taps him with the sword and they're transformed not into demons, but he the, the bear's influence over these two characters are, is so potent that she, she can't remove the native american from him so their 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 race is transformed i think claremont on the outset was saying okay let's look at what this bear is in native american mythology a bear not only a strength and a symbol of the west blah 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 but a bear to to native many native american tribes was an enforcer that when he saw an impropriety uh, within the culture would eradicate it or change it. Or so bears are normally associated with medicine and healing, but they were also enforcers. Danny was a Native American, is a Native American, who is just so happens to be a mutant as well. And when she says early on in New Mutants number three that she was shunned and ostracized by the tribe for having this aberration, this mutant gene, the bear is eradicating an aberration within the tribe. Danny's the aberration. She's a mutant. That's this true. this yeah. this will not stand. So the bear seeks her out, and not only does it consume her parents for producing this aberration, but the parents become the aberration, the the the, the demon bear, and it, it seeks to remove her from the genetic record, from the tribe. This you're 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 not right. This cannot be allowed to continue. I have to eliminate you. And the fact that the bear transforms things into Native Americans, it's it's trying to perpetuate the the so-called species, the, the tribe. That's extremely telling. And the fact that Danny was a ward of Charles Xavier, a white man, what? You're sleeping with the enemy, uh, so to speak. She's obviously not sleeping with him, but but you, you're in cahoots with the, the people that came in and took everything we had and 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 ravaged the land and just destroyed our legacy, our way of life. That's what Claremont, I think, is saying in this whole thing. It, it's, it's not just a, a superhero story. It's, he's making a commentary on the history of America, really. I don't think I'm reading too much into it. Why do two non-Native Americans transformed into Native Americans at the end of this thing? Seriously? 
See, now, I, at, on the surface, that could just be that there are you know, actions have consequences. And, and as much as you, yes, you, you saved the day, um, there were still, I mean, they're alive, but I guess there were still sacrifices. And you, you definitely dug deeper. And and it's entirely possible because I mean I think we've we've read enough Claremont we've heard him speak we've we've seen him at conventions and and he was on a panel with Jason I think I wouldn't put it past him <laughs> that uh, he was on a panel that Jason hosted I it, I wouldn't put it past him to th- add that to the mix and not just make it so that yeah you know like I could I could picture almost. I could picture a bunch of other writers. I could picture John Byrne going, "Hey, you know what?" So I left him as a marriage, and, and and that was it. But but, 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 you, but you actually why? have they could have been anything. They could have been blinded or crippled or disfigured, or um, they could have had their memory wiped. But why transform them into Native Americans? It's got to be a commentary on what he was doing. There, sure. There's there's no other. I mean. Okay, I don't know how Claremont thinks. I mean, we've spoken with the man, but he's remains a mystery to me. And so, I mean, you as a writer, you have an agenda. You're you're making a statement on something. So everything you do should play into. I mean, if you're an an adept writer, everything you do should play into that, or at least enhance or accentuate that statement. The fact that these two non Native American characters are transformed into Native American at the end of this story leads me to believe that that is the stinger at the end of the crescendo. Like, why else would he do it? He could have done anything. I'm sure if we pay his appearance fee, we can probably get him to answer it. Yeah. But I would just love to talk to him and and, and just try and ferret out, like... Jason, you're you're quiet. Do you not think that that was his original intent? I I think what you're saying makes intuitive sense, but I've never seen any evidence to like to confirm it. I so I'm intrigued by it, but I I guess I I haven't really given it much thought one way or the other. But but I I mean you're 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 making a compelling case for it. I mean, just ask yourself why. I mean, in in doing a certain thing, you cancel out all of the things you didn't do. So in presenting them in a certain way, you got to ask yourself, what was the basis of doing this? What, do you, what have you gained by, by representing these two characters from an Italian and uh, a woman of European descent, and you're, you're transforming them into Native Americans? You have to have a reason for doing it. It wasn't just an offhanded, Nah, I'll make them Indians. Like, why? Why would you mm-hmm. do that? It has to play, I, I would think, knowing Claremont in the fact that he covers all of his bases excruciatingly so, over and over and over. Like, how many times have we heard that Sam is pretty much invulnerable when he's blasting? Like, mm-hmm. I, if I had a dollar for every time he said that, he he's very, he's very uh, fastidious in the information he presents to us. If he tells us something, it it has to be for a reason. And I think that this is not something that is is just an offhanded inclusion at the end of this story. He did it for a uh 
there was there was a method to his madness, and I just I, I gotta know. I think it's a it's a statement on the mutant gene corrupting the purity of the Cheyenne. It seems to me like you should have reread this thing before last Heroes because we could have asked the man. Yeah. Well, I definitely did not get this much out of it, my initial read, and then maybe the two or three times over the past, what, 30 years, whatever? When was this published? 84, 80? I think 84, so I yeah. saw the cover dates on the paintings. So, I mean, there's been a lot of years. Maybe I've read this three times over that uh, time span and never from a vantage point of... Um, what I like to call uh, experience. Like when I, 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 when I originally read this, I did not have the the capacity to pull what I think I've pulled out of it. So I mean, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of years. So that, and the fact that I mean, it just if you move the blocks around on the on the board, it just seems like he's saying more than young Cheyenne girl or she's Cherokee or Cheyenne Cheyenne yeah young Cheyenne girl has to fight this this incredibly powerful dark force it just doesn't like that's great but I if I was a writer I would want it to be a little bit more than that yeah yeah it is worth noting to our listeners who weren't reading comics back then that uh, both Corsi and, and Friedlander uh, are regular contributing characters in the Claremont mutant world for a long time hereafter. Yep. Um, Sharon gets killed. Spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just, just in case you felt Tom, like Tom reading. Hangs, Tom hangs around for a long time. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been, I don't remember seeing him in like the last decade or so, but but he was he was around for a long time. Yep. But uh, whatever your take on these issues, there is no uh, denying the potency behind both the words and the pictures. They are, mad potent. Yeah, they are three just near perfect uh, comic books. Absolutely. Which is almost tainted by the fact that this trade includes. Um, additional material. Yeah. Written by, uh, John Francis Moore, illustrated by, uh, Jim Chung. And, and. Why did you pause? Because, because while it's not bad Chung, he is following in Sienkiewicz's footsteps with the bear. Well, listen, let's be clear. This is baby Chung. It is baby Chung. Uh, but the thing that pisses me off the most is the initial representation of Sam Guthrie. Lanky, not entirely attractive man from the southern United States, um, born and bred on a farm. Uh, He's not a, a, a GQ model. But then over the period of, of, of years that Marvel was using this character, he seemed to have transformed into something out of a boy band. Like he's blonde and he's got the good looks and he's, he's not as extended uh, 
uh, height-wise as he was when he originally showed up. I mean, and and Chris Bocello's as guilty of this as anybody because Bocello drew him as like this gorgeous blonde Aryan god, and it's like that's not the Sam Guthrie that we were introduced to. I think they've perverted the the physical form of Sam Guthrie over the the decades. I'm I'm not crazy about it. I I well, want. I don't disagree that they've transformed him. I would point out that dude is 18 in this book, and you know now in the comics he's late 20s, early 30s, married with a kid, and spent the last 15 years of his life training to be an elite warrior. So I. I mean, a lot of people that are physically fit look massively larger and more defined at 30 than they did at 18. Sure, so. sure. But but this Chung representation of, of Sam, I would peg him no older than Impulse. I mean, he looks like a freaking baby in this he book. He does. He does. He's a youngin'. Yeah, not having it. And Danny looks like Electra. Yeah. Yeah, I can't speak on it, so. You didn't, you didn't read it? No. Well, you know what? More power to you because they're, they're, these issues are god-awful. I mean, I own these this, issues somewhere in my long box. Oh, right. yeah. No, no. This is, I mean, I, honestly, they, there are, I think there are some things that can be left alone in comics. Now, obviously, that the, 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 that watchmanship is sailed, but I think the You're demon never bear that. Jesus is is one of those things where you <laughs> could have just it was fine. It didn't. I don't think. Yes, obviously, things get retconned. Everybody has 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 an idea that they could use. Someone reads a comic book from thirty years ago, <laughs> or or you know, Captain Tootsie makes a return. Savage Dragon. You know, people yes! people find things and 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 use it. And it's like, hey, this hasn't been touched on. In over twenty years, my kid's in college now, and and I figure, you know what? Let me tell, let me let me touch on this story that was out before he was born, and and these are these are corporate IP, and 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 you can, you know, people can play with those toys that are in the toy box, and 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 have have a gay old time with them, but as far as I'm concerned. Something like the Demon Bear is one of those things that didn't need to be revisited. I, I totally I, agree. I just feel that you know, and it, it, it didn't water it down. No, those three issues are still here. They they didn't go away. Nothing has been tainted, I guess. But having them in this collection, I think, knowing that you know that 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 Marvel did decide to um, use that idea, let other people play with it. Um, it just it lessened the impact somewhat, and and you went from having three fantastic issues that 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 we just gushed about for almost two hours, and and now you know we're we're wrapping it up because there were two full issues that one brings the demon bear back, and another one is like. It's a bear, and, and it's like okay, and, and and cool, cool ghostwriter appearance. I just I was just reminded that I wasn't really yeah. keen on on Choi's work back then. But well, you know who I blame is uh, Jason. Is it uh, Liebig and Bob Harris? 
who yeah, I, I definitely blame Bob Harris. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know it, it's it's one of those things where um, I always ask myself when we're in a in a social setting and there's a conversation going on, and I don't say much, is because if I can't add significantly to a conversation, I shut the hell up, and I think that's that's what's going on here where John Francis Moore. Like, there's a point where, you know, I would blame Harris for allowing this conversation to even be present to begin with. Like, uh, I want to do a, a new take on the demon bear. If I was Harris, I'd be like, I don't think so. <laughs> that conversation has already gone down. But um, if if John Francis Moore couldn't add significantly to the demon bear conversation... He should have, should have just shut his mouth. Yeah. Just don't say anything, right? And for those of, of, of our listeners who haven't read these issues, um, there's a talking Raggedy Ann doll by the name of yeah. Mary Weather. Mary Weather, yeah. So just stop. Stop. Don't. No. Mm -mm. I mean, and, 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 and this is salty as fuck. There is. It didn't need to be said. The only time the bear comes close to even looking like anything that may have come out of the flicking of his wrist when 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 he cleans off his brushes and cabbage is on the first double page spread. Other than that, it's what I'd fear if any other artist mm -hmm. were to draw Claremont's original story. It's not, I mean, it looks, it's just, there's nothing, there's nothing supernatural about this. It, it's like Godzilla ro rolling through town. It's right. just, it's, it's not, it, 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 it doesn't have that. It's missing so much of what made the original story. Yeah. Because it's taken from a concept and turned into a kaiju. It's just a yeah. giant, it's just a giant monster. Yeah. And that one Bukaki page where the... <laughs> It it looks like everybody's coming on the bear. Like what is going it's on true. here? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's bad. Well, let's not besmirch the beautiful three issues and analysis then with too much stuff. All right. Yeah, you you're level headed. You you're good. But 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 <laughs> those those two issues. No no no. Those that 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 issue of X Force and of of, of x-force i think 99 and this issue from 2008 of x-force number 10 this collection does include the beautiful variant covers by sinkevich oh sure because yeah. if you are going to give us a demon bear story you damn well better have the original artist right drawing some art mm -hmm. see um, uh, all right and not to not to beat a dead horse but so we get x-force 99 this that introduces a, 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 a further extrapolation on the Demon Bear saga, but there's no X Force 100. So you no, get, because it's, but you get this because they vanquished the bear, right? But you get a, it doesn't make sense. There's a, there's but a. Well, listen, the, let's just be real clear here again. Like, let's not overthink this. This stuff is in this trade because Marvel has a policy now right. where, in order to do trades, they have to have a certain page count. Sure, so I get they it. Routinely. And and again, this I don't want to turn this into a criticism of Marvel, but they routinely now are jank in that they throw this ephemera into these books to justify the page count, and the price, and it's it's absurd. A lot of times they're throwing like 
like origin issues in like and or random piecemeal issues that tie into this stuff. So I, like again, it, this is filler junk from bad runs of the books. Like it doesn't. It's true, it's, but it, it leaves you at a loss because the last page of this ninety nine says you got four aspects of Danny Moonstar, the original Cheyenne. You got the Valkyrie there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it says to solve the riddle of four Danny Moonstars, X Force must brave the dangers of the Dark Cathedral. Be here in our double sized one hundredth issue. And then it goes to X-Force from 2008. Like, as a reader, if I wasted the time reading this thing and there's no payoff, like, you leave me hanging, that's not cool. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, for me, this wasn't a collection of of New Mutants from 1991. You weren't getting, but it was, so it was just giving you, which is why I was saying about the whole. They did that with with the Warlock pages, and then and then issue twenty ends with Warlock's going to show up next month. Is that okay? I mean, that, that wasn't a cliffhanger because we got a complete story, but we still had things in those three issues that don't play out in the overall collection we just read. Right, but they were momentary asides within the narrative. This is a so they totally ended the, different they narrative. Should've, they should have left off the cliffhanger. They should have left off the last page. It should have just ended with everybody. Spoojin on on the bear, and then that's it for that issue. Well, yeah, or maybe, but not. Don't tell or just me that there's fucking issue. Well, maybe just me, but don't tell me there's something I'm missing, and not show me what I'm missing. But then, but but they didn't because when 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 you turn the page and you see the cover for the issue of X Force from 2008, yeah. they do kind of just oh, X Force was able to merge Danny's alternate reality aspects back yeah. into one form. Thanks. 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 Thanks a Thanks, lot. Yeah. Well, I Thumbs guess. Up. Well, I guess you know. In light of what they did present, I guess that's good enough. <sighs> but yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's all nonsense. You're the, right. No one. We're not. No one should go out and buy this particular version of the trade. No, you should buy the issues. You should find the, uh, buy the it, issues. It, by the old just, trade. There's an old trade of just these. I believe there's a. Um, fact that maybe I believe there's one of those older premier hardcovers that Marvel did for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, of this, and you can always read it on uh, Marvel Unlimited. Yes, um, which they have it. So I love the premier hardcover. I have a ton of them. Me too. Me and they're color, they're color coded, which is great. Yeah. Um, so do do you guys? I'm curious. Uh, well, Vince is going to be terrible at this. Do you all know where each of these characters is in today's world of the Marvel? Hmm. Vince, we'll play a game. X Men or not are not an X Man, okay? I'm gonna name each of these characters and you're gonna tell me are they currently a member of the X Men or not, okay? Okay. I'm gonna suck at this. Okay. Cannonball. Um not an X Men. Correct. He's a member of the X Force. Knew that. Also married with a kid. Do you remember who he's married to? Mm. Did he marry Lila Cheney? I think nah, so. dude. No, oh, he's okay. he. Go ahead. Um, he married the. F- uh, I don't know. He married. He smashes Smasher. Smasher is the, oh uh, no shit she, the Imperial Guard woman that yeah. uh, is a member of the Avengers with the in the Hick, during the Hickman run. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and they have a kid named Josiah. That's right. That's yes. right. That's right. All right, Vince. Bobby DaCosta, X Man, not an X Man. Oh, not an X Man. Correct. I last we saw we lost I I 
I remember last seeing him at the end of um, Avengers No Surrender. Correct. I'm sure he showed up. Oh, he hasn't shown up since then. No, he he okay. is not, he now operates as Citizen X. Right. He's old because through a fakakta thing when he uses his powers, now he gets older, ages his body, so he's like middle age now. Uh, he was the, he did he was the the supreme leader of AIM for a long time, but that all went away when they did the whole secret invasion thing. But yeah, not excellent. So okay. he's Tony Stark now. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Amara Aquila, aka Magma, X Man, not an X Man, not an X Man. Eh. Really? Currently an, an X Man. Yes. <laughs> Look at you, <laughs> Danny Moonstar. X Man, not an X Man. Oh, Danny Moonstar, not an X Man. Eh. Currently an X Man. All right, two for two. You're you're two and two. Two more to go. Uh, Magic Ileana Rasputin. No, definitely not an X Men. Eh, currently shit. (laughs) (laughs) Currently one of the leaders, actually. Uh, And and last but not least, Wolfsbane, Rain Sinclair. No, she's an X Force. No, not an X Men. Correct. She's not an X Force either. But you're correct. She's not an X Men. What's she in? We we haven't seen her since Secret Empire. Oh, oh wow! She oh, was uh, she was uh, part of some government team in the uh, that alternate Hydra universe that uh, we had for a while. But uh, we've seen her since. You're a freak how you pay how how much tabs you keep on these characters. Love these characters. <laughs> I guess so. Love them. Look at you. That's my shit. All right, there you go. Another book of the month, people. A uh, great book of the month. I think the, so. The, the listeners have been doing a better job lately. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, as Jason alluded, uh, chosen by our Butamus patrons. And if you would like to see what this whole Patreon thing is all about, please take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. That's 110-C-L-O-C-K-C-O-M-I-C-S. And uh, check it out. We have a lot of stuff on there, videos, audio, images it's just it's a lot of fun you can you can be a member of our patreon specific slack channel where the banter is is uh admittedly crazy sometimes but uh entertaining nonetheless and uh just do that check it out um and in your travels since we're gonna have one of these i implore you i beseech thee to get thee to a target because Target yeah. is the only place that you can get your hands on a copy of the DC 100-page giant, the DC Primal Age. Not Jason's cuppa, but I don't care. I did not expect much out of this thing, and I was rewarded with a whole bunch of fun. Um, in case you didn't know, Funko is producing a line of action figures that take the premise established by the Masters of the Universe, the 5.5-inch action figure, and they're running with it. And this is essentially what if DC was uh, the Masters of the Universe line. You have the Prince, which, no surprise, is Prince Wayne. Uh, Batman is the Prince. And the the Joker takes up the Skeletor role. Um, the creative team on this is written by Marv Wolfman on the initial story, art by Scott Koblish, and then it it it's great. It's a lot of fun. 
um, the Joker's minions are King Shark and Scarecrow. Um, Superman is uh, not in the center uh, spotlight on this thing. He's he's here, but this is a more Wonder Woman, uh, Batman type thing. And uh, what else do we have? Dan Jurgens does a phenomenal job on a Wonder Woman story. You have Phil Winslade and Louise Simonson telling you the tale of Mr. Freeze. Who else? I'm going through this. You get another story by Louise Simonson, illustrated by Brent Anderson on um, Batman and just... What happened? It, it, his parents are killed. Ah, I know. Big surprise. But um, Lucius Fox is in this. And Lucius can create magical items and gives um, Prince uh, Bruce a, um armor that can resist a magical attack. You have a Joker story uh, written by Jerry Ordway and penciled by Chuck Patton, inked by Carl Kessel. We also have Tom Durenix in here, shows up to help out. And the last story is written by Marv Wolfman and David, illustrated by Keith Pollard. Ooh. And inked by Jose Marzan Jr. And it's, Y'all gave me a Keith Pollard allotment page. Yeah, that's right. And th- this is a essentially a world's finest. Because it's a Batman Superman thing with Bizarro thrown in to uh, sweeten the pot. There's a pinup by um, Michael Kaluta at the end. Some process pages. All in all, this issue was a winner. Um, now, dinner. buyer beware. It is nine ninety five. Yeah. Oof. It's yeah, a it little steep for a hundred pages. Jeebus. But no, DC I'm, had a had a book this week that was nine ninety nine also. The mysteries and love in space, or something like that. Yes, but I'm more like straight out of Nompton. I'm, I'm. That's very funny. I'm (laughs) considering that it's all new material, front to back. I, I didn't, I didn't balk at the the cover price. The, um, the cover is John Bogdanov. Stop. Nice. Yes, but I I don't have a target near me. It's pissing me off. Well, you got to get it because I would try. It's so good. Like I was shocked. Wait, how target? Good. Yeah, it's a Target exclusive. Target, yeah. Wait, what? Yep. Yeah. So they're doing Walmart and Target stuff now. Yep. Well, this is yeah. They, I mean, they're, they're, the the Target thing is, I guess, to to bat against Walmart, but because is, is Target the only people selling the figures? I believe so. I mean, so it's, aside from online retailers, but I'm not sure. I think Target's the only place you can get the figures. What's and the I, quality, what's the quality like on the figures? I don't understand the the negative comments. Like I bought the oh, King. I didn't know there were any. Yeah, there's some people that are saying the figures are crap. Um, now, take grain of salt. I only bought one. I bought the King Shark, and from what I can tell, the the plastic is good quality. The the I, the legs and arms didn't fall off the damn thing. I I think it's of of fairly robust quality. So I mean, like I said, I only bought one. I wanted to buy more, but I wanted to test the the product first. Uh, needless to say, I will be going back for the figures that I want. 
Mr. Freeze, and uh, I got to have Batman because I got to buy Ace the Bat Hound to put him on it. Maybe I'll buy the Joker's Lizard to put the King Shark on it. I mean, the possibilities are endless. I didn't like the Hal. No? I was reading the reviews on the Amazon. A lot of the reviews do say poorly made, saying the legs break off very easily. But I'm not having... But I thought the Hal in, at New York looked pretty good. Well, I mean... Your mileage may vary. I didn't think the Hal was all that great. I'll probably get the Superman. There is no Superman. There's no Superman figure, really? Not in the initial uh, wave, no. There's uh, Superman, Aquaman, King Shark, Batman. Uh, I just said Superman, didn't I? You did. There is a... Okay, scrub that from the record. There's a Batman, Scarecrow, King, uh, King Shark... Mr. Freeze, Aquaman, Green Lantern, and Wonder Woman, and Joker. So there's eight in the initial wave. Definitely, definitely caveat emptor here. You know, no, in I, terms of quality, because because like I'm just looking like Amazon, the 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 top review, one star, broke like Batman. They got a package. They said they bought three, uh, Lion-O, Slith, and. Uh, now Batman from Funko Set and and two had broken legs, one had a broken tail. Uh, the next review, He-Man meets Batman, holy brittle Batman. Uh, looks rugged in the package, but the leg was broken within minutes taken out of the package. Next one, flea market quality, very sad. Uh, leg and arm broke off after a few minutes of playing. So I'd, point being, if you're going to take it out gently and display it, it's probably fine, but but if you're going to move it or articulate it or play it, it looks like they do have a legitimate quality. Well, yeah. admittedly, I, I I opened the the package and I I looked at it and you know touched it and loved it and put it on the shelf. That I'm yeah. not well, I'm not right. having so battle if you're royales. Play, with these you're good. Things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love the sculpt on the King Shark. I think it's great. I mean, obviously that's the one I bought first because sort of Aquaman. I love the damn King Shark, and uh, no, I I think the figures. Uh, at least from my vantage point, are wonderful, and I'm going to buy more. But the more importantly, the book, the DC Primal Age 100-page giant, is great, and I think you should check it out. Nice. Yep. Ah, okay, in your travels, um, because it has a foreword by Bill Sienkiewicz, and I was flipping through it today, the Collected will be Volume 1, The Enchanted World. This is a beaut of a collection. There are... Uh, from who? Oh, it's from Lionforge. And it is... It's it's oversized. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 12 stories are in this um but yeah i mean considering we just got done reading some stories drawn by bill sinkevich it, it's um it's it's very easy to see that uh that toby is is quite an influence on, on oh, the man you, oh you did get this i did get this okay did I? um i did not I know no. you were, yeah, you, you, yeah, you were, um, you were contemplating it. I was on the fence, but you were. Um, you were. I, I, yeah, what, whatever the case, I didn't get it. Um, but no, it's, 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 
it's gorgeous and it's it's black and white pages are nice and slick but um the 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 images on these pages are just mesmerizing so um if you can get this it's uh it is absolutely fantastic this first volume collects i'm sorry 11 short fantasy tales originally published as black and tans crawl and a minor god presented here for the first time in english yeah i can't wait to dig into that with the spot varnish coverments hmm that's mm. that's some classy stuff tis a butte nice uh in your travels we uh we haven't sung its praises in a while so it's time to again and that is mr tom king's batman um he's been doing some crazy stuff the last few issues in what is gonna <laughs> well, what is yeah. called the the nightmares arc with a k like dark night nightmares um Basically, uh, this is you know this Tom's whole 105 issue run is going to be about is about Bane and and his his long game plan to break the bat. And at present, Batman is chained up and being fed a continuous supply of a version of the Scarecrow venom to induce vivid, vicious nightmares and drive him insane. Now, he doesn't know that, at least not yet. And uh, we're going to get a lot of one-shot issues drawn by different artists that are different nightmares that Bruce would have. Uh, started with issue 61. We, uh, we've we now had three issues, 61, 62, 63. Now in 63, thanks to some kind of um, intervention by uh, someone that is in Bruce's mind, John Constantine, although it's not John Constantine, um, he figures out in 63 that he is in fact being messed with and that he's, uh, he, you know, this isn't reality, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I know that Tom is getting to work with, uh, different artists in each issue. And, and he, as he said on our show and other shows, he tries to write the story to fit the artist. So with each, he's been asking them what they want to draw. And, um, for me of the, of the three nightmare issues so far, um, probably not surprising. Mitch's Mitch Garrett's issue visually was the most stunning, which involved Professor Pig. But um, yeah, it's it's the long talk about the long game. I, I just can't, it's it's hard to believe that he's weaving so many of these things together in this long of a story. Um, I also know that uh, shout out to. Uh, our buddy Daryl Taylor, he had uh, Tom on this week on their his Batman po- uh, podcast, um, and it was a good chat because you know they're very good friends, obviously. And um, he just kind of did a little quick Q and A with him about um, some of the controversial stuff that's been going on. You know, I I not admittedly I was oblivious to this, but I guess Tom was taken to task, I guess, by a bunch of people over the latest issue of the hundred page yeah. uh, giants. And uh, it's pretty baffling to me, I guess, just knowing the guy that, you know, there were some accusations of like misogyny and stuff. And <sighs> it's just the craziest thing ever. Cause we all know, right. I mean, like Tom, first of all, Tom's a seriously woke liberal dude. Like, <laughs> like number one, he's got a great marriage and uh, 
like is the furthest from misogynist I could ever imagine. But um, but I, I give Tom immense amount of credit because, first of all, he could have just not not addressed it, right? But he addressed it, and the the most amazing thing about it was that he he explained his position, which he's explained in several prominent media outlets, I guess, as well. But he also made the point that, like, you know what? The criticism is not coming from a bad place. Like, when you write something from your own vantage, while I certainly meant nothing by it and obviously wasn't coming at it from that way, you can't you can't always anticipate the way a story will read to other people who had different life experiences. And while I don't, you know, I didn't intend for it to be that way. I don't take the criticism lightly. Like I, 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 I understand the criticism. I don't think it's an illogical criticism from some people's vantage. So I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty stand up. Um, it's but, very, very stand up. Yeah. But the cool thing is he did mention on Daryl's show, and this is super awesome. Some of the other artists that he's got coming up in subsequent issues, and he is having an issue drawn by Amanda Connor. And the cool thing is, is that um, I guess they were going to do an issue together at some point earlier, and Amanda wanted to, or Amanda told him she really wanted to draw uh, Catwoman's bachelorette party, which would be perfect for her. But it never happened because when Tom was originally pitching the idea of the cat and the bat uh, to Dio, made it clear that he didn't want any. Um, bachelor parties or bachelorette parties or any of that stuff. And so it never happened. But Tom being Tom, when Amanda told him that he said, well, what would be a bigger, what would be a bigger nightmare for Bruce than, than Catwoman's bachelorette party? He would hate that. It would be a super nightmare for them. So, so that's, so they're going to do an issue during this nightmares run of Amanda Connor drawing the most off the, off the wall bachelorette party ever. So I, I cannot wait to see that issue. It's, it's I kind of awesome. wonder what the heck is wrong with Dan DiDio. Seriously? Nah, dude. Nah, I don't think uh, Tom is and Dan are super close now. I don't. I don't think that's. But but I'm but, no, but to, to blanket saying yeah, and, like yeah. no 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 bachelor no bachelor party none of that stuff like that is part and parcel of the wedding process, right? Yeah, when, I guess he just didn't want the he didn't want nonsense. Right. Yeah, because so. you know, OMAP wasn't filled with that. But again, that, that, that's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's oh, not oh. fair. That's not fair. Bat, bat, Batman proper and, and, and OMAP are different things. You, you, can have yeah, Mark Russell, you can have Mark Russell do a Flintstones book, and that's fine. That's not That tone would be totally inappropriate for Batman proper. Okay. I mean, that's just that's just the truth. But certain books have certain expectation and tone, so I don't... I don't have a problem with that. But I think but anyway, Tom, you guys are you guys are getting caught up in the weeds again. That that's relevant to the Well the no, is, because I think Tom as a writer no, is challenging just, what is proper for a Batman book. It, and and I'm coming at it from from the point of view that okay, you know, it, this the story Tom wants to tell, that's one thing, but this isn't also the first time that I've heard a writer not Tom writing one of DC's flagship books say that Dan didn't approve or appreciate the story he told that my man got a lot of um, props for, 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 for telling. So I don't listen the, the, Tom, Dan's co-publisher. You know, he's, he's, he's 
co-piloting the ship, what have you. But it, it's it's there. It's it's not outlandish for me to think that he may not have his pulse on every little thing when when it comes to some of the characters that are that are in and he's overseeing. But sure. But what I'm saying is, is we're taking an anecdote that was not said in any critical way and turning it sure, into criticism. Sure. And that's not fair because we don't know the whole story. Right. So, especially because again, I know person, I mean, Tom has told us he loves Dan and thinks Dan is great at his job. And so I like, again, I don't think it's fair to be like, Oh, there's Dan being Dan. Like hmm. Dan has been publisher now for a decade and survived a lot of different shakeups. And the big mocker writers at DC all seem to, swear by the dude so i'm just saying like i think we should maybe chill there because the guys that actually work with him every day and the ones that are getting the critiques seem to be fine with it so cool that just doesn't seem like fair to criticism in that way um but anyway um but yeah man batman continues to be awesome it really is truth mitch's issue was crazy and it's and that's that's one where um the uh the words and pictures definitely go really really well together um is that a shock mitch mitch is well mitch is you know as they did in in mr miracle i mean mitch is drawing the pictures and and you know it's batman versus pig and and hanging upside down but you know there's very little spoken word in this issue it's just um it's all 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 the caption boxes are from Bruce's point of view and, and Batman thinking these things. And, um, you know, you could just look at the sequentials and, you know, have a wordless story. It could be enough set issue and, and you, you, you get the gist, but Tom's words, because he's not, he's not doing a Claremont where, you know, you're, you're, Tom's not writing exactly what Mitch is drawing. It, 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 these are things going on in, in Batman's head, but it just adds such an amazing level to what your eyes, what your eyes are already looking at. It, 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 it was a fantastic issue. I can see it being a, a favorite single issue for a lot of people next year. Mm-hmm. Write that down. And did you guys know that, uh, well, you probably did because you read previews, were Tom's streaks being broken. Batman 64 and 65, he didn't write. But he's still doing 100 and some. Uh, That's why, he's, yeah, he's doing 105 yeah. now because of it. But yeah. That's like Priest on Black Panther. Wow. Josh Williamson is uh, writing 64 and 65. Oh, oh because it's a crossover been... with The Flash. Yeah. yeah, it was supposed to be co-written by them, but uh, Tom said he had to write a, he had two weeks to write a TV pilot. So... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> times is tough i know <laughs> first world problems yeah well, i feel for you bro all right oh, and watch young justice for god's sakes yeah seriously okay i just rewatched season one starting season two next tomorrow so i can watch this new season three outsiders outsiders nice Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. If you enjoyed this, there's going to be more coming up real soon, probably Sunday. And um, Super Bowl Sunday, bro. It's not happening. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. It's only a game. Come on. What's more <laughs> What's more important, comics or a football game? Don't make me choose. I'm going to make you choose. You're not so going to like my choice. I, on, on Super Bowl Sunday, you're not going to like my choice. 
<laughs> can't have that. Um, again, uh, we love you. We hope you love this. And in the meantime, say goodnight. Dude, this maker's mark is friggin' good. <laughs> it, seriously, it's really good. Whoo! I'm David. Was that? Did you just say David? Because you cut out. Oh, did I? Maybe I, I said heard. David, but I'll say it again. David. <laughs> You'd never get in this. You're so crazy. Oh, damn. Well, you're too drunk to remember where you left off anyway. I, dude, I'm not <laughs> drunk. I'm not doing the whole. You did you what? say tonight? You didn't. I did. Say, oh, you did. I didn't hear it. This is part of it. Oh, I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's a tough one. You know what? We need a a radio button on the website. Did David meet the say goodnight <laughs> challenge? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> nobody likes you. Everybody's gonna say no. It's Wait, so good. Yeah, nobody likes you. Are you kidding me? That ain't true at all. So seriously, we can do this Sunday? No, nope. nah, bro. Well, David and I could do it because I know David That's doesn't true. have no time for the sure footballs. Could. We could do it. Yeah, it might could happen. Captain Ginger, fucking Warriors of Plasm. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. Uh, in one right. word. <laughs> he says one word and it totally invalidates everything we said before. <laughs> oh, perfect. <sighs> dick. That's power. Uh, you, I mean, listen, Kevin Ginger's not my shtick. I, I get it. I get it. It's okay. It's ain't my thing. It's all right. Not my chicken wing. All right. We loved you. Thank you for being here with us. We had a great time. We hope you did too. And we will be back very soon. Say goodnight, boys. Say goodnight, boys. <laughs>